Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh, no, Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we (laughs) are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Back at home. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Just in time for the excitement of the first GOP primary debate. It is underway as we speak. I have one window playing it. Uh, looks like they're doing some, you know, stupid intro trying to make people like Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie look appealing somehow. I uh, I do want to check in on it as the night goes. And so I will maybe after each caller, maybe I'll check in briefly. But there's talk that there's going to be some big censorship effort on any rebroadcasts <clears throat> of the debate. And of course, this is not a rebroadcast. It's a fair use. It's fair use of the content to just check in briefly and comment on what's going on. Yeah. But I do want listeners to be aware that playing any of it does run the risk of some heavy handedness from the powers that be. So in the event that the stream gets cut by Raju Mohan at YouTube or the powers at Rumble or Odyssey or DLive, it's definitely possible if that happens I'm going to call that stream a loss for the night. Yeah. Uh, I will carry on with the stream wherever it is still going. So uh, that let's say we get cut by YouTube. Please head on over to Rumble. If we get cut by Rumble, please head on over to Odyssey, wherever the stream is going. And if you get lost on where those links are, just head on over to my twi- uh, Twitter, my X feed. And uh, and you can find all the links there. But um, but I'll, I'll, I'll be careful about it. I'm going to see see what they're really going to allow anyway uh other than that it will be a normal call-in show this evening Uh, most of you are familiar with uh, how that works of course but if you do need instructions for how to participate there are instructions for how to do that in the video description on whatever video platform you may be viewing on and uh, of course we'll take your email questions to end the show as well if you'd like to send in an email question the one and only place to do it is through the contact page of the website mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact look for the call in show question form and we will catch up with your super chats every half hour I have a debate of who the fuck are these people yeah I just saw I forget his last name Doug Borgum Borglum the uh Oh, his last name is Bor Glum. Something like that. The North Dakota governor who was trading $20 Applebee's gift cards for dollar campaign donations just so he could get on this stage. And apparently there was some drama because he was playing basketball uh, and injured himself. He was he was at the hospital or the clinic earlier today or within the last few days. And there was some doubt as to whether he'd be able to stand on the debate stage. But there he is. Guy you've never seen before and guy whose face you won't remember standing on the stage as we speak. Anyway, Yikes. let's uh, let's let all let them all do their <laughs> stupid uh, introductions. And uh, we'll we'll catch in on what they have to say after the first caller or two. Egrin, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, so, uh, just want to go through. You noticed that uh, 
a lot of the judges and prosecutors that are not really addressing uh, issues. You're coming in really muffled for me. I don't know if you're. I can hardly understand what you're saying. Something about judges and prosecutors. Is this better? Way better. Yeah, way better. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so uh, I saw your video about the whole cyclist issue mm. and the fact that a lot of the investigators are. Bear in mind, a lot of investigators are constantly busy 24 uh, 7 on a daily basis. And the fact that a, a lot of these issues aren't being addressed promptly, it, it's definitely a telltale sign that you got to do a lot of work on your own. Um, uh, as far as achieving justice and stuff? Pretty much. Yeah. Um,. Like even the Daniel Penny, the, that whole situation blew up uh, really fast, and a, a lot of people are not seeing the full picture of what happened, and a lot of people are just speculating. But in reality, the guy was flat out uh, hungry, uh, just wanted a, an out, and he couldn't uh, get it easily, and. Uh, the fact that his relatives are trying to get some sort of justice after the fact that he was still homeless uh, is kind well, of despicable. Well, yeah, despicable. The, they're asking where were where were the emergency responders and where were the police? It's like, where were you, guy who's his direct relative and hasn't talked to him for a decade while he's been homeless and drug addicted and violent? Where were you? Yeah. But it's always fingers pointed. Well, yeah. Uh, uh yeah it's it's ridiculous right there it's like you have if if you had no contact for nearly six months and expect uh to like uh get any like money from the whole situation itself like where were you Uh, yeah you're like you're probably right it is uh it's probably a grift i hate to say that about family members because i would like to believe they have better motives than that but it probably is as simple as that Mm. yes uh yeah um and another thing is i noticed that like california is having like some major construction issues uh there's always been a debate on the whole building some trains over there but you have to like uh have mutual combat or nothing uh mutual combat what do you mean uh look if you're going to constantly have people that are gonna uh you know there's been issues like in the new york trams oh you're saying uh, the train riders are rowdy that's what you mean yeah they're a little bit rowdy so it's like we need need trains in california just uh, a different (laughs) kind (laughs) not bullet trains for rapid transit i mean maybe rapid transit but to a particular destination once and for all well, the, uh, to the helicopter pad, actually, for the commies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the whole, like, cyclist thing, it's like, dude, the, the guy was, at, frankly, he was asking for it. and I can't believe he was <laughs> such an idiot. Um, I don't know if you heard, but I wish we would have saw it. The news broke almost right when we went live, but the cyclist was identified. And they identified him in part through the, the tattoo that we discussed. But the guy yeah. who identified him found a Strava profile. Stra- are you familiar with Strava? No. It's just no, GPS I'm not, I'm tracking. I'm not familiar with it. It's, yeah. it's uh, 
to me, it's like those really pompous. Like if you're if you're having to track your whole uh your whole trail with the app things, like you're yeah. supposed to go on a bike ride and enjoy the scenic. It's just um, to- it's GPS tracking. So in other words, this guy had tracked both of his incriminating rides on the internet <laughs> in a publicly viewable way. And so yeah, it, uh, this internet sleuth found a Strava profile matching the times and locations and then found it was connected to this guy, Jim White, found Jim White on social media. Lo and behold, there's the tattoo. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That person. Uh, uh, I guess he never watched the TV series Person of Interest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the- Matt, I do recommend uh, Person of Interest for you. Uh, it was right. back in t- 2012. Um, good show to watch. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to cheat trick- on unsolved mysteries. Though. Robert Stack, the original is the yeah. superior. I know people like the new Netflix one. I'm not, or the Netflix reboot. I'm not taking shots, but nobody beats Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Never. <laughs> you need uh, to watch eighties unsolved mysteries or you need to watch airplane. Good. He's the, what's his role in airplane? Uh, he's like the, I don't know. I forget. He was some kind of law enforcement guy or some kind of whatever. Anyway, once you no, hear no, Robert uh, Stack's no, you voice, gotta watch the Rockford files. The Rockford files were good. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you for calling in. I'll give you a quick last word if you'd like. Uh, I would say we need better trains and mutual combat. Uh, it's like solves all the issues. It's like if, uh, mutual combat, uh, Hmm. I could talk a lot about that because I I think it's an interesting concept morally and legally. Should that thing, should it be allowed morally and or legally? Legally. To duel somebody? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, I, I, to me, I I don't mind a good fisticuffs. If you, if you can do it in a reasonable sense, like, Hey, uh, we're doing a fisticuffs, uh, no knives or anything. Just good, you know, hand, hand combat, good boxing. Uh, I'm all right with that. Um, if you, there's always been a debate, even with like just having knives or axes at that point, uh, just to defend it yourself. Hmm. Um, but no, if you can just do a simple, it's like, hey, do you want to do fisticuffs? I know you, uh, you want to, but no, uh, you know, be fair about it. You know, you know, good boxing. I would right. say there as long as it's among gentlemen who don't break the, the terms. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, at, at, at that point, yeah, uh, the moment you like, you know, go by boxing rules. Like if you go below the belt, you're like, okay, this is assault uh, at this point. <laughs> okay. I see. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, have a good night. As far as the debate here, I, I didn't hear what they were saying, but I saw the first question gathering from the images was something along the lines of, do you like the rich men North of Richmond song by Oliver Anthony? At least they were playing out to be disappointing. Uh, why? What happened with him? Oh, I saw that he was talking about how America's a diverse melting pot. Oh, I, I did see that. I'm like the psyop, the psyop, anti-white psyop. At first, I thought, okay, he just said melting pot. It's not that big of a deal, whatever. But he literally said diversity is our strength in the statement, which, okay. Uh, yeah, what what's, an asshole. What's, what's, uh, we got Ramaswamy talking right now. Oh, what's am I supposed to be turning about? this on? Sorry. Well, I'm going to turn it on just see what he's saying. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents oh, oh, did they? Diversity is our strength. Money 40 years ago. 
I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. <sighs> I did okay. it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, I'm gonna, I'm gonna following our faith in God. That's come back to this. Uh, and I, am I started company. Why can't I get it any louder? Sorry about that. I'm going to work on that, too. Because he's got such a tiny voice. You know? Anyway, let's talk to Kim. I'll see if I can figure that out. Like a little Indian mouse. Kim, are you there? Kim? Kim? Yes. What's Hi, on your mind? Hey, how are you guys doing? Okay, how are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah. Um, not ready for school to start, but that's a whole other topic, so... <laughs> Uh, that's right. So you haven't been fired yet. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> still working on that. For radicalizing the children, corrupting the youth. I know. Um, maybe I'll give an update later on. I'm actually starting um, a, or bringing back a club at school this year um, that's part of the FCCLA affiliation. And so maybe I'll give you updated on how that goes and how I can bring traditional values into the school through that. So, um, but like I said, I'm just now starting it, so I'll have to update it later on. I actually want to talk about um, your re movie review of Free Solo. I know it's a little bit few ah, weeks late, but sure, oh, yeah. sure. With that, um, so after like hearing review, I hadn't seen it before you reviewed it. I mm -hmm. knew I wanted to watch it though. Um, it reminded me of a book that I had seen in stores years ago that like hadn't actually read. Just all the title called Wild at Heart: Discovering the Secrets of a Man's Soul. Um, and so I watched the documentary, and then I decided I need to read the book. So I read the book, and I agree with Matt. Sorry, Blonde, you're wrong about this one. <laughs> That's okay. I thought I was going to um, get savaged. All right, this is good news. <laughs> no, so I actually want to like just share some thoughts on both, and then kind of ask you, like, um, so the book, it said that there's, um, the premise of the book is that there are three deepest desires of a man's heart that boil down to three things. And it's a battle to fight, a beauty to love, and an adventure to live. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm focusing on the adventure to live in conjunction with Free Solo. But yeah. do you think that those premises are true for all men or is it, you know, just. Every the... man carries those three things. Can you repeat them just so I understand? Yes. Yep. Um, a battle to fight, a beauty to love and an adventure to live. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I suppose my only question is maybe the battle to fight and the adventure to live are sort of overlapping, perhaps. But I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um. And so kind of, and think I think like there's a, a quotation from the book that's life, not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be lived. Um, and so, and then the, remember the quotation from the movie, like, because that's his whole life when he feels the most, how can you go out taking that away from any, away from anybody? And so this idea that, um, I think that we look at society in ways, you know, especially like blonde, like, you know, ask a woman like you would prefer to be a stay at home mom, right? And you know, that makes sacrifices on like your husband's part to, work extra hours or to provide um that so you can can do that what you're you're called to and so how is we can how is how can we as women like support and encourage men to do the things that they are called to do um even when it may mean sacrifices on our part well <clears throat> i think the big thing to do is to take care of the mundane home stuff because that's actually really time consuming i mean cooking cleaning laundry just all of that uh, you, you can really bog down a man's life when he's trying to make and make money and also um rearing children if a man has to rear children he's also not going to be able to be successful career-wise just like a woman 
So I, it, it is kind of like being a home secretary, but um, those jobs are important. <laughs> Secretaries keep things running in a business, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I can say from the male perspective, it is awesome to, exp- it sounds like a cliche, but like, you know, clean house, food on the table, all of those things taken care of, like uh kid happy or, you know, kid asleep, mm-hmm. had his bath, whatever. All of that stuff is, um, is very fulfilling. It, uh, from, from the male perspective. Yeah. It does feel like, okay, I can concentrate on what I have to do, which is providing for this household and making sure that we are taken care of as far as our resources. Yeah. So like Blonde, your your take on the movie still stands. Uh yeah. I mean, my problem with him wasn't his necessarily his thirst for adventure. It was it was clearly excessive. Like they they actually identified something that was wrong with his brain. <laughs> so like the you know, most men can they can climb a more reasonable mountain. They don't have to free solo a mountain that's it's never been done to. And like all of their friends are dead from accomplishing things for trying to accomplish. That's true. There were some warnings, you know, it's like, what what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Even though I Um, admire the feat greatly. I think it's, I think it's awesome, but yeah. And then he's, he was just so disrespectful to her. She, you know, she was like, are you even factoring me into your decision to make this this journey that has a, a very significant likelihood of killing you. And he was like, don't give a fuck. Whatever. But he didn't lie. Yeah. You lie. No, you lying lie. would not be better. <laughs> no, you no, lie. You're always honest. No. You need to lie to a woman's face. sometimes. No. Okay. Am I the first person to tell you this? No, no, men need you, to lie to us. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to said, I, absolutely. I'm taking, I'm taking this into consideration. I just feel like this is something that I have to do before I can settle down. That's what he should have said. Um, and that might be not that might not be that much of a lie. Uh, well, I guess I'm the lie. Taking, I'm not taking this into consideration at all. What a dick. The lie that I'm thinking is like leading a woman to believe that you're serious about marriage when you aren't. That's the sort of no, lie. No, that, no, no. Yeah. Don't lie like that. No. Yeah. But like sometimes lying is clearly the better option. It's not always better to tell the truth. Uh, uh well. Like in that situation, there are uh, there are rules and there are exceptions, and there's clearly a rule in this one. But uh, I will take your point. Yeah, I, I think that guy was an was a spurgy, retard douchebag. But in the end, he did do the right thing, and it seems like he has not been trying to do anything to kill himself lately. But it remains to be seen. They just got married two years ago, so like, is he going to get real bored? And then we're going to find out that he did something stupid and dies. Do you remember that I shouldn't be alive? with those lesbians that were oh, fighting each other classic. on the top of the mountain. One of the best. For those of you that have, we've talked about this <laughs> on the show, but there is, there is this hilarious episode of the show. I shouldn't be alive. And it's this super dyke. And she takes out this um, non dyke on a, a climb that is like way above. Let's be honest, both of their capabilities. And what sounds like a grooming expedition in, in addition to uh, an ambitious really mountaineering task. Totally. I think that her idea was like, I'm going to, put her in this in this harrowing situation that i i'll get her out of and then she'll fall in love with me and she'll no longer wasn't uh, the the dikey one like 40 and the one chick who was not a lesbian had just broken up with her boyfriend and she was yeah young adult 20 years old or something so yeah yeah so um not that it matters i'm just saying the lesbian angles were hilarious what is it called can you look that up i think it's called caught on a ledge it's yeah you could look it up it's i shouldn't be alive but the episode i think it was in new zealand or something uh, I think it was called they, caught on a they ledge. were caught on a mountainside ledge in a storm. For, so they somehow for get on this ledge and then it starts snowing. And then like the older one thinks that 
I don't know why people think this, that like, if you fall asleep, you're going to die, which is retarded. So they are, they just take turns slapping each other in the face for like three days. It was really just and an excuse for lesbian domestic violence. That's it all. truly, truly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all they had to drink was a bottle of champagne that she brought when they summited. Which itself is kind of preposterous. Uh, like if you're yeah. taking on a very difficult mountaineering task, carrying that much weight for the yes, sake of yes. celebration. I mean, My don't get me wrong. Is, I've carried like a beer, but I think they were carrying a big bottle, a big bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my point is that the older lesbian, after they get in a miraculous turn of events, they get rescued. I couldn't believe that they didn't die. And the older lesbian went on some crazy expedition like five years later. And they I think they just found her body pretty recently. Wait, she so died. Oh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, even, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Part. Anyway, <laughs> I. I hate to divert too much, Kim. I know you didn't really want to talk about the lesbian. No, that course, was a, that was a, that my point though. Like he, if he, if he got, he got married, he yeah. had a kid and now he needs to stop doing shit. Like, this, I don't right? know what he has left to prove, but at the same time, I know that the sort of, uh, the male ambition for that sort of achievement is often insatiable that it, you just, even if you've done something literally nobody has ever done, there's still something else. There's that next thing until you die. So I definitely would not be surprised to see him die in some sort of some kind of mountaineering incident in future years. But his my point is that, that his thirst for adventure may may cause him to meet his end. Uh, we know that he has something Isn't wrong with his okay? amygdala. No, he has an obligation to his family to stay like, alive now, not to just like run it off a cliff because he's fucking bored. Yeah, I, w- I would say I, in this I case. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree that there's an obligation, but I also think that like you know, and yeah, there should be like intelligent decisions made because of that obligation. Um, but I still think that it, there should be that balance that is sought. Um, and yeah, maybe that means that he's not free soloing like dangerous mountains, but like yeah. that doesn't mean that he's not still doing like dangerous things. Yeah, that, that's the um, the balance yeah, for for men is obviously we have to, to to protect or preserve our families. There are times where we have to take on lethal risk, um, and but it's not I, this artificial thing of like yeah, creating this, risk. This is not necessary to protect his family. I'll, I'll grant you that it's not like the invasion of a foreign country where he has to go to war or something like that. Yeah, but I, I guess thought to, the book was a really interesting read. Yeah. To yeah, Kim's point, like, do we just have that? And where there are, where there isn't a foreign country invading us to, to put us at war, do uh, uh, for a lot of us men, do we just have to manufacture that risk and danger inherently in the way that she's describing? Yeah, or you can Probably. do some other stupid crap, like drive really fast. Or, <laughs> I mean, there are many ways to do it. Um, there are, but, but there a lot of them are wildly irresponsible and totally unnecessary. I would not care if he didn't get married and have children. I'd be like, all right, go, go free solo Everest or whatever the, I don't care. But to, in his defense, like you said, it sounds like he's been on his best behavior ever since. It's been two years. Okay. This is like a serial cheater. Let's see what happens. What was he doing before that? He was doing this stuff like every, every week, if not every day, but he was being risky regularly. All right. I'm just saying a leopard doesn't change its spots. We'll see. We'll see about this. If he lesbian dies on a, <laughs> a different mountain, you know, for like an incredible, a man of incredible fitness and athletic achievement, he does look kind of lesbiany. Yeah, there's a convergence <laughs> of like male and female athleticism where they just start looking like each other. It's like huh. the same thing as when you get old. Maybe uh, Kim last word, if you want it. Um. Yeah, I just think that like there 
And I, and I know that blonde like it goes against like anxiety and worry. Like you just should like men might do stupid things, and if it's adventurous and dangerous, like just kind of to be okay with that. Um, like the book calls on like you new know, cautions against domesticating a man's soul, which I thought was really um, like a good summary of like what like I don't want to do with my life. Um, but. Yeah, so that was a great movie. Um, so I'm glad that you guys reviewed it because it gave me a chance to watch it and it tied in really well with some things like the book that I heard about and read and just, yeah, I appreciated it. So thank you very much. Well, I'm glad to of hear course. it. Good to talk to you, Kim. And of course, all the best with the upcoming yes. school year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a good night. Thank you. God bless. Okay, I saw um, Ramaswamy. Oh, now it's Chris Christie versus Ramaswamy. Oh. Let's hear what this is about. Okay. stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Oh, he's comparing him to Indian Obama. Man. Why is this so soft, though? I'm sorry it's a little soft for our listeners. So, Brett, what I oh, that Brett Bear? Is the fact that I think Ugh. this is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. I think I can. Oh, God. First of all, we do care about that. That no women should okay, be in any position. I'm stopping this right right here because I'll get in trouble. But that that's the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. If you want something, what did she say? If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. That oh is. Oh my gosh, I was at the wrong part of the debate. Is it still Nikki Haley talking where you were? Damn it. Okay, maybe you have a little bit of a delay from where I was or whatever. Yeah, but that's yeah. what she, that's what she just said. That is the most inverted thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that men do nothing and women do everything. Is that All, what she said? She said she said something like, "If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman." Oh no! That is completely the opposite, and everyone cheers. Oh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> true. No, it's not true. No, it's not. And I, I don't even say that from an anti-female perspective. I, like, I understand and respect women's role in this world i also understand that women talk about a lot of stuff and don't do a lot of stuff. they talk a lot of shit and don't yeah. do a lot of the things that they say men build women can yeah. it's not impossible but the idea that women are the only builders and men just sit around talking shit that would defy all of history yeah every woman i don't know i don't know what you guys want it's like is there a single female in political history that hasn't been a dismal failure I'll wait. Uh, I'm trying to think. the The most prominent one, obviously, you have to think Hillary. Um, Sarah Palin was close herself. Uh, Queen Isabella. Of oh, you're Castile. going. Yeah, you're going back. To, <laughs> I, I guess I should think of uh, the the British queens. Yeah, I was just thinking like American politics. And she wasn't alone. She was with Ferdinand. Oh, wait, that so, was uh, oh, that's Spain, right? Not not British. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me correct the record on queen nationality. Um, anyway. Uh, all right. Let's take one more call before the bottom of the hour, before I get pissed off at people cheering for Nikki Haley. Uh, Kyle, Kyle. However, uh, you'll Hello? have to correct me on the pronunciation. Uh, we're well. How are you? 
I'm here to torture you with my awful accent again. Ah, that's right. <laughs> so okay. Are you German? Where, what country are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Poland. I live in Australia now. Oh, okay. Okay, that's like one of five acceptable countries. Okay, so I'm What's going to ask what you think about uh, renting a house versus uh, owning a house, especially buying a house with a, with a mortgage. Yeah, okay. I mean, there are definite upsides to rental. Um, one of the main things that I think, because I own property, one of the main things I think about is, do I ever truly own this property? We talk about this all the time. If you, as long as you're mm. paying property taxes, they could just increase the property tax to the extent that you could no longer pay it. Are you are you ever even truly the owner of your own property? No. No, but you're way yeah. more the owner than in a rental situation, and you at least have the equity. Yeah, but you have more liquidity at your disposal in a rental situation. Yes, you are basically burning money yeah. every month and you're not burning liquidity equity. you're not gaining liquidity no but i mean you are getting something out of it you know but you have um more uh you have a more maneuverability in the event of a, of a market collapse you're not totally locked in you know peter schiff does not own his own home he just like uh, rents in perpetuity <laughs> well i guess if you have a giant pile of money you can do whatever the hell you want but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that in general, people should be aiming for property ownership. There are circumstances in which it would be advantageous not to like maybe you're going to work a job temporarily in one part of the country and you'd rather not go through the whole process and then have to sell and all this. Mm. But in general, to the extent that you are going to pay a monthly expense for housing, you would rather be mostly paying yourself in the form of gaining equity than paying some guy who, you know, speaking of whether it's your property or not. And yes, they can tax you out of the ownership of that property if they really want to. But you're, you'll also be at the, at the whim of a landlord who can boot you at any time too. That's and true. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I understand that property ownership has its fair share of uh, drawbacks. And I think that it's particularly difficult now with the prices of, of housing and with the interest rates where they are. But I think that as far as uh, like a, a financial stability move, that's probably the number one goal that people should be aiming for. Yeah, I agree. The mortgage thing is what maybe, he was talking about, though. But I, I don't actually. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I might maybe phrased it wrong. Um, my main problem is with uh, putting yourself in lifelong debt to to buy a house, which, as you said, Blonde, is never really yours. I don't know. I mean, uh, in a, in an inflationary period, I think this is probably the best time to accrue debt. Well, and I, I would say you push back on this. I mean, it's maybe, maybe it's not a perfect analogy, so put back, uh, push back on it if you deem appropriate. But if you plan on renting in perpetuity, you are also signing up for lifelong debt. It's just you could exchange the debt for this house or that house at any point with a little bit more ease. But you are still signing up to pay that monthly price until you die, and then you'll have nothing to show for it. So That's true, too. Yeah, I just don't... When it's a lifetime of debt, I suppose, but to gain what asset? And you'll have something to show for it at the end of uh, that loan term when you pay it off. I mean, if you just rent forever, you have nothing to show for it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I... Uh, I uh, yes. Uh, I've always wanted to, to, to own a house I'm renting currently. And uh, uh, I was always considered kind of a weirdo among my friends and, and, and family because I was always very much against usury and against putting yourself in debt. 
So 10 years ago when I moved to Australia, my wife and I looked at our uh, income uh, uh, potential and the house prices here and we thought, yeah, maybe after 10 years of hard work and saving, we could just buy outright. But in the meantime, the, the, the price of, of housing almost, uh, I mean, more than doubled. So now, uh, uh, now when we have a lot of money saved, we are further from buying a house than yeah, when I mean, we and, had and, zero dollars. And that's why you want to get that equity. And, uh, is even if you take on the debt, well, if the value of your house doubles or triples in the in that time frame that you're talking about, well, you know you have gained value that far exceeds the debt that you hold. Now, there is a little bit of a, a gamble in that because it's betting that the value of your house will appreciate, and I think for the most part that's a good bet. But there are certain economic conditions at play currently where I would be a little bit nervous. You know, like, let's say you mm. let's say you have very little money to put down on a quarter million dollar house right now. And you, you know, you, you let's say you, you can show me where, where to buy a quarter. Million well, dollar I know house. that might be preposterous. <laughs> let's say a half million dollar house. But you can you can go into, you know, parts of the middle of the country uh, and get a quarter million dollar house. Um. But let's say you got like you got a very small amount of money to work with, like 10 grand. Maybe you got 20 grand or something. Um, and so you are taking you're you're financing most of that purchase. The way the economic conditions are right now, I don't think it's inconceivable that that house is underwater uh, in the next few years. I suppose if you can hang on to it, as long as you're not selling, that's not necessarily a concern, but you're still paying for something. You're paying a debt that exceeds the value of the home, which is never a good position to be in. But so I don't know if I, if I was in that buying situation right now, I might balk a little bit um, just because uh, I do worry that that some, a little bit of a housing bubble might uh, might pop a little bit. Mm. I, I understand a lot. Yeah. Oh, sorry. If you live there forever, the, then uh, yeah, does it yeah, really sorry, matter? Sorry. No, no, I was muted on the stream, but not on Discord, so you could hear me, but I could. Uh, but if you live there forever, then does 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 it really matter that much? If if you uh, like, if you're underwater on the debt, yeah. Uh, I suppose if you, as long as you're meeting the payments, not necessarily. It's like you don't realize the loss until you sell, of course. Yeah. But you never want to be in a position where you sell a home for less money than you owe on it. I mean, that's that's a disaster. Right, but I, if your plan is to never move. Yeah, I think that you can take greater risks in terms of um, not having to buy a property that has that much upside in terms of uh, uh, growth. Yeah. Anyway, I understand the logic behind it, and uh, uh, probably uh, taking up loan is a more reasonable thing to do. But I just just scares the shit out of me the thought that I could wake up one day a million dollar in debt, you know, the, just just the, yeah. the awareness of it. Plus, there's also the thing with the fractional reserve system, you know, when you when you take up uh, a loan, all you can, all you do is just to go to the bank and then uh, Goldstein prints uh, money for <laughs> you out of thin air. And is it is it yeah. uh, participating in this this? Uh, theft <laughs> so to speak is it mm -hmm. is it moral well i i don't know i would I, I get what you're saying to the extent that you choose whether to participate or not i would i don't know that i would call it theft necessarily but um i i can see the criticisms that you're or the concerns that you're raising i i certainly would agree that 
you don't want to put yourself in position where making that payment on a monthly basis is extremely tight every single month. You want to find like if you have to settle for something that's a little more modest to start out and build that equity, that's what you want to do. Uh, that said, to your points, easier said than done. You know, there used to be where you could find something that was small or in need of repair or you could get a, a decent deal on a home and put some work into it and build it into something nice and have something to show for it and potentially sell it for a lot more 10, 20 years down the line. Now that entry point is so much tougher. You know, if, if you're coming in with no equity to exchange, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Just like a, a starter family home mm-hmm. in some parts of the country, you, you can't even start at half a million dollars, you know? Uh, so I, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying that like, yeah, it, it, I don't think that, that all debt is necessarily bad. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but I, I understand the point that if the choice is debt that is extremely tight with what I can afford to pay versus no debt, is it more responsible to choose no debt, even though I don't own anything for the time being? I don't think that's insane. I, I hope we can get back to saner times where the entry point into property ownership is more realistic for more people. But uh, the powers that be don't seem intent on that. Any other thoughts right. before we let you go? No, great talking to you. And of uh, thanks for the show. It's a highlight of my week. Oh, well, that's oh, very kind so of you. And thanks for calling in and uh, all the best to you and your wife. Always a pleasure. Thank you. See Have you next night. time. That's nice. Okay. Actually, we're way be- we're way behind on our uh, chatters. Maybe we should catch up with them. Uh, <laughs> hold on, while I refresh that. Nikki Haley's going Wait, after Mike Pence. Like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have sixty Senate votes in the House. Seventy percent of the American people support legislation but to ban abortion of the after Senate a baby is capable not. of experiencing okay. pain. Oh, interesting. Are you listening to this? Of the Senate does not. You have to be honest with the we American have to have people. A limit. Right. Let's get Governor Burgum in for one, one minute here. No, Governor uh, Burgum. So, Sorry, there's no L. But the Supreme Court did overturn Roe v. Wade, and and the, the result of that decision was that it went back to the states. So that's where it is right now. So as I understand it, you are not in favor of a federal ban. What do you say? about the states there's about five of them including new jersey i think uh a few others okay i'm gonna that allow i don't care what Burgum thinks about that but i do think the question is very interesting i'll have to tune into that later um on the issue of abortion should that be left to the states as roe v wade uh or the overturning of roe v wade with dobbs set it up to be or do we want some sort of federal baseline um To me, that's a state's issue to police, just like the idea of murder is a state's issue to police. But uh, I wonder what these candidates say. I heard uh, Mike Pence making the case for, I think, a 15-week federal ban there. Let's see. Um, uh, you got the. Uh, we're good on Rumble. Do you have the uh, Tippy and YouTube chats ready to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mother Nature, even 120 uh, degree heat, I'll never be as hot as blonde when she gets pissed off about something. She excites me even when I'm not a lesbian, which is way hotter than Father Time, who keeps sexually harassing me. <sighs> Father Time, does anyone know why Mother Nature won't go out with me? We have so much in common with both timeless entities. I'll make you a deal, blonde. Talk to Mother Nature for me, and I promise I'll slow down the aging, aging process for me. You have my word. 
surprisingly, it, this doesn't really bother me. I know this is a joke, but it doesn't really bother me as much as it used to. I just don't really care that much about getting older. What? What is I don't care about getting older. I'm only going to have two kids. So what? what is this? What are all these lies that you tell yourself? Well, it just doesn't matter as much. Like, I'll do my husband a solid and I'll not get fat and everything like that. But there's no shame in the aging game. It literally has happened to every person in human history. So uh, I'm not yeah. going to be like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm 35 and I hit the wall and I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, yeah, I have I, kids. I don't give a fuck. There's definitely no shame in the aging game. Uh, I think... It's not the aging that's a problem. I think the thing is um, you, you want to be in a certain position by a certain age, you know? And Yeah. Uh, uh, and if you're not. Talk to me 10 years ago. I mean, I would have I would have injected baby foreskins into my brow to keep. <laughs> like, I, I just don't do any of that, any stuff anymore. I never did that. But, you know. Oh, oh, I th- OK. That's the angle you're going to, to preserve your beauty. I see. They do um, have that foreskin cream. Well, that's like, and that's the, the cruel thing uh, for women in particular. It's like for men, um, we can have certain goals in mind. Like I want to have a family. I want to own a home. I want to have this job. I want to make this amount of money. I want to climb that mountain without a rope, whatever. Um, we have a more realistic prospect at that for later in our lives. The, the trick on women right now, oh, you can, you should be a career woman. And then you wake up 35 and it's like, well, what I actually want is a family and kids. And now I'm yeah. biologically prevented from that. Yeah. But it's incumbent on women to not be retards about that. I yeah. Mean, but come I've on. Really- like I realize this is a huge psyop and everything, but what kind of woman is like, I can have a kid until I'm 45. It's like, well, that's fucking stupid like why were you so stupid uh yeah people have to pay big prices for their stupidity all the time that's true but i think to your point and uh, or a point that you would make and i think is true uh women generally speaking respond to leadership and and leadership uh and i don't just mean like the men in their lives which is where the leadership should be coming from i mean cultural forces that they're following now instead, Hollywood, politics, whatever, because they're not married to men in a way that they used to be, or at least at a younger age that they used to be. And so all of this leadership messaging to them is like, no, don't do that. Uh, Families are bad. You don't want to be ball and chained. You don't want to be. Well, that's a father problem. Yeah. Um, I guess. It's a father's job to tell his daughter, for his daughter to respect him, to be respectable to his daughter and to be like, listen, you're going to hear x y and z lies your entire life men are gonna lie to you to try to bang you women are gonna lie to you to try to get you to follow the feminist path that they followed through and here's your fertile window and if you want children you need to do it in this time period if you want to have a career know that you're not going to be able to do both well it's a father's job like if if this kind of propaganda is reaching daughters like it's it's father's failing it's mother's failing but Women just have less agency. Blonde has long argued that, yeah, women lack agency. And here I am nodding my head. Uh, what? Maybe not. Over here like, I mean, clearly, I think that they are individuals capable of their own thought and actions and all of that. But I, it, there's no there's just no denying that women respond to leadership in a way that men don't inherently. Generally speaking, yeah. like if, if another man tells me what to do mostly, it enrages me. Like, who the yeah. hell are you to tell yeah, me? Who what are to you do? To do? Yeah. But I think. I mean, you tell me, I think like if, if a man, at, le- at least a man who's established in your life, maybe not a stranger guy, but your dad, your husband, whoever tells you like, no, you should do this or you're going to do this. I, I think women are just inclined to follow that leadership. 
oh yeah, there's a biological purpose for that too. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's a psyop, but it's also a failure of the nuclear family to be protecting younger women from this. Hmm. Um, okay. Should we circle back? Yeah, we got to get back to the callers, but uh, we will come back to your chats later on at the top of the hour. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Reinhardt is up next. Reinhardt, are you there? Reinhardt? Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Oh, works. What? Well, how you doing? I missed the first part, but we are well. How are you? Oh, good. Well, I'm all right. You know, busy. Blonde, you massive faggot. You banned me from the telegram oh, for doing some honest questioning. I feel like I've only banned people for like really reasonable things in the telegram. What did you well, do? Well, now look, I'm Wait, sure this who is are you in the telegram? Because, because it seems like a particular sore spot. If I'm honest, somebody posted it in the discord, what seemed like an old soundbite of yours. Mm. And I posted it in the telegram saying like, Hey, does anyone remember this episode? And what? then next thing I know I'm banned. What was the sound? Oh, I, I just assumed that you originated somebody created one of those AI um, audio things about how oh. I love N word cock and like all this crazy shit. And so anybody oh that was circulating, God, I, just banned. I was like, this is, I'm not going to get confirmed fake. It's not something you read in a super chat or something like no, that. No, it's, I've never, it was, it was really, like really graphic. Like I love N word cocks in my ass. And, so, and without hesitation. Well, or anything. Now it's going to get chopped up for sure. Well, no, I just assume that you made it and that's why I banned you. But also, uh, why are we circulating it? I stand by what I did. Circulating it? There's like six people in that telegram. I was asking if it was legit. Why would it be legit? Well, because maybe you're a massive race-mixing faggot, and I don't know that. You know, <laughs> I've been duped before. Uh, yeah, okay, even if I were, I wouldn't be going online saying... like. And also, it has that, like... You know how you can tell with AI, like, the, they never get the hands right? Oh, it's video, too. It's not just an audio. No, 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 no. No, it's audio. But audio has that same kind of quality where it doesn't sound exactly the pacing is always a little off. It's like a little weird still. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. You know, and look, I had my questions. That's all. Yeah, I stand by what I did. You can't just circulate stuff like that. You guys can't just like invent things. That I said and be like, oh, did she actually say this? I'm retarded. And they'd be like, why'd you ban me for no reason? <laughs> like, well, because oh, yeah, okay. you're an asshole. Why do you think I banned you? I uh, apologize for nothing. Okay, well, I look, I'm not looking for an apology, you know, but it seems like, if I'm honest, it seems to be a sore spot with you. Maybe there's more legitimacy to it than you're saying. No, oh, come on. Gag, would you Look, allow it wouldn't this? bother me that hey, Matt, the reason Matt doesn't get all hot and bothered every time somebody calls him a faggot is because it's not true. Are you sure about that? <laughs> well, Maybe he's so comfortable with his sexuality that he's clearly so well. By. No, but in fairness, I, I obviously I think there is it's a, it's different that, to just call me a faggot than to like reproduce a. Uh, well, I'll, you know what false. I mean. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, too. I, I think the content is different than that. But it, 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 if I'm understanding correctly, you didn't make this. You're not trying to falsely no, present that was my it. Point. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't yeah. fucking make this thing. Yeah, but it's what like it's like reposting. Still fucking in there. But it's like reposting um, AI porn of me and being like, oh, is this really her? It's like the same. Like, the same uh, yeah, thing. I don't know if that's yeah, exactly the same. Come on. It's the well, same it's, thing. No, no. One, one is one is verbal content. One is actual pornography. Yeah, but and they're both, they're both invented. 
I've never seen AI art that's genuinely convincing. It'll get there. It'll it'll get yeah. to it a will, convincing but it's place. Not. Yeah. Yeah, this is the same thing. Like you should know based on what I've told you, this is clearly not true and not be circulating. Okay, okay. I'll give you the, the other ones because they were posted multiple different right. The first one seemed fairly innocent almost. It was it wasn't as hard for as the other ones that someone posted. And I only posted the first one in the telegram asking if it was legit. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I know, I know. You, you, you know. It sounds to me like he deserves it. a second chance. I, I, I would help you out. Uh, obviously, you know, no, no, that's I'm something not, that Blonde I and I would discuss. I'm, but I, I, I also right. don't even know how the Telegram works. I don't even know what to do. I so yeah, I know you're never in there, which is I, I, I when it when that started up like a couple of years ago, I looked at it for five seconds. I thought, nope, that's too spicy for me. That's fine, but that's too spicy for me. I'm moving on. <laughs> so that's, that's, that well, was it. You know, the Discord is pro- no definitely worse than the Telegram. Well, I, how often do you see me chatting in the Discord except for the call-in show? That's fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. Not that I recommend it. It's just as cancerous. I understand that. I understand that people want cancer chat. Uh, that's fine. I, I personally don't, but that doesn't mean that I'm trying to police the people that enjoy that, I guess. All right. Well, now that I've had my say at, at Blonde, I, I got to I gotta come back at you for this not imposing on the free free will and right to parent of these tranny fag indoctrineer parents. They, there should be some limitations, harsh, severely punished limitations on tranny indoctrinating your kids. Uh, how so? So what, what do you want people punished for? Um, you know, I haven't worked out the details, but I can't okay. abide the, the stance that. Well, wait, wait, wait! I you can't, can't you can't say I gotta go after you on this, but I also don't know the specifics. Well, you can make one up on the spot if you want. It won't be as articulate as it should. No, I'm be, saying you're my, coming after me for a stance that I hold, and if and but I, I'd just like to know what the what the specific. No, I understand. I, yeah. I, yeah, I'll make one up real quick. Um, let's say if it's demonstrated that you're dressing your child in the opposite gender clothing. I think that's concrete enough to be punishable. What's the, what's the punishment? I, I don't know if I would take that line, but what's the punishment? See, that's where you're you, losing you, me. You're losing me. You think How you think that a parent should be punished okay for the be way that they dress the, the kid? Yes. By the state. If it's, if it's degenerate and shameful and what's, damaging what's, to the child's okay, psyche. Okay, but what's, what's like the punishment? You're starting to school in a fucking bikini. You know, I... I can. We, think we, we can agree I guess what I'm saying is we don't. We don't. Uh, I'm not saying that it, that it'd be impossible to conceive of such a situation. I just don't want a situation in which children and parents are separated on account of dress code. Well, look, I'm not saying that it's going to be. It, it can get frivolous. Any law can get frivolous. I'm just. Well, what's what's the punishment? Oh well, I don't know. A year in jail. Well, that is separating the parent and child. Yeah, I'm, they should be separated if they're going to put their son in a fucking bikini Dude, or a if, skirt if, if, and send him to school. If we think that we are upholding social stability and morality by separating parent and, ch- and child over clothing, I think that's very dangerous. But And see, that's that's where our disconnect is. I don't see how that's more dangerous than indoctrinating them into a trusting lifestyle. Trusting the state that to parent children over the parents suicide. is always dangerous. Period. 
Well, the state already has that power. That ship has sailed, all right? And they use it every day to and steal white children from their parents. In bad ways. Yeah, they do it in bad ways. The idea that they're just suddenly right. going to become moral actors, I, uh, I have That's to reject. That's not my argument. That is not my argument. This is well, your argument is that the state is going to become the moral government. actor and usurp the role of the parent. In, in extreme cases, yes. And I well, think the extreme the case is wearing the wrong clothes. Your child is... Yeah, I'm good with it. That's an extreme case, wearing the wrong clothes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's that's just a concrete example. I say, you know, if you have other evidence of them trying to transition a child into the, into the opposite gender, you know, I think anything concrete you can get to that effect is actionable. Any, Only based on that philosophy. Anything concrete. So any... If you discover text messages where you're saying, okay, Rachel, when their son's name is Ronald... You well, know, did, and they're well, wait, wait, encouraging them to be well, a hold on. Who decides the child's name? No, no, no. I'm saying if the child has a birth name, a boy has a birth name of Ronald, and suddenly the parents want them to be Rachel, that's what I'm talking if about. Ch- if a parent if texts the wrong name of the child, you want child. them imprisoned? Not wrong, Matt. You're being a little disingenuous no, no, here. That's exactly what you said. Concrete evidence. I'm saying if there's evidence that they are making an attempt to convince this child to transition, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, that should be actionable legally. Okay, you want parent and child separated over speech. Holy shit, Matt. Are you, have you always been okay. such a disingenuous faggot? Get the fuck out of here. I dude. used are to you like you, man. Jesus Christ, what a douchebag. I trust my original judgment. <laughs> You're right, man. Uh, that, that, that was outrageous. I mean, I'm I'm trying to understand. What are you supposed to do? What if What if somebody calls somebody calls their kid the uh, a jokey name or whatever? Like this could just it's, be it's a an disaster. untenable position. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but to get that emotionally bothered by it and that disrespectful, I mean, that's outrageous. Ugh. Anyway, should we check in on this debate? What happened to Martha? What is her name? Martha Raditz. No, that's hey, not Martha yeah. Raditz. It's Martha. Martha McCallum. That's that it. Mar- yep. Ratchet Republican. Hello. Can you hear me? Her yes, sir. What's on your mind? Busted. Oh, uh, hey. What's up? Yeah, another day in clown world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, um, you know, speaking about the debates, I, I wanted to give uh, my uh, my opinion on where I'm at with the whole Trump DeSantis debate. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when last time I called, I told you guys that I was pro. I was going to vote for Trump based on that was when Mar-a-Lago happened, and it was basically the reason why I wanted to vote for Trump was basically an emotional reaction, I guess. Um, you know, a quest for vengeance. But when that when that emotion died down, and you start thinking pragmatically about who can uh, actually do what is needed to for this country, I think DeSantis is the better choice. Hmm. Um, I Yeah. The, That's surprising. For some reason, be, I thought you were a hardcore Trump guy, but I guess it was per that prior I, call. No, no, no. I have, you know, said, as I said before, I have loyalty to Trump for certain things that he has done that, you know, he led me down the conservative path. He, you know, he showed me what the media, the for the frauds that they are. But at the end of the day, my loyalty, you know, does not trump uh, what's good for the country. 
And um, Trump, I'm going to tell you two big reasons why I'm turning away from Trump. Hmm. First thing is contrition. I have not heard any anything from Trump that says that he is going to be a different president than he was the last two years of um of of his presidency. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah. I haven't heard anything that he has said or done that says, look, I made a mistake with that. I'm gonna do this. You know, I know that's not Trump's style. I know that he is a braggadocia, braggadocious and he doesn't like to admit fault. But I haven't heard anything that he said that he would turn the turn his administration in a different direction. So that is one of my major issues. And with the whole that they're trying to market a new COVID, uh, they're trying to market a new COVID virus. And what would Trump do? I would like to know what would Trump do if they try to, you know, instigate another COVID virus? Would he go with with it? With it? Would he come I, like he did? I would hope not. I would hope those lessons are learned. Uh, but am I 100% confident? No, uh, I would say, I would say though, I, I would say probably about 75% confident that Trump would not go along with the bullshit the second time around, but it's not 100. Yeah. I, and the, the, and the whole BLM riots really, 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 you know, you know, he was MIA, you know, he was literally just on Twitter saying law and order is that those things really, really, you know, put me on pause when it comes to Trump. Will he be more uh, affirmative when fighting the COVID stand and fighting the, 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 the racial ideology crap? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And that's, that's what I am still looking for. I mean, my, my mind can change. You know, I could waver back to Trump, but I haven't heard or seen anybody made any argument that Trump is going to change. And that is what I'm well, looking for. And I, I think if I want to be critical of Trump and I say this as someone who wants to see the, the end of the movie, I, I, yeah. I have an emotional investment in seeing how this story ends. Um, but when I listen to him, I don't hear a lot of explanation for how he would do those things differently or honestly, even how he would approach this election all that differently. I think it is very fair to criticize. Okay. Whether there were shenanigans or not, the last election did not go in your favor. We can talk about why that was, but the fact of the matter is it didn't. What is the new approach this time to make sure that doesn't happen? And on the other side of that, when you secure that victory, what are the lessons from the 2020 era? Which I think I think that last year of his presidency was the worst year of his presidency. Yeah, totally. Which wasn't entirely his fault, but it, you know, he is the president. The buck stops with him. I don't hear a lot of those explanations. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and he is the foundation of a lot of the, the voting policies. If you look at the CARES Act, a lot of the funding went to the mail in ballots and all that initiative. So oh, is Trump, that the case? Trump has Trump has dirty hands in it. So, you know. I'm not trying to say I'm beat up on him. I'm saying if he just came forward and said, look, I did this, this, and this. I was wrong. Da, 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 da. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Have a plan forward to, to, to turn the ship around. I'll be behind him 100%. Yeah, 100%, I think. No, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, but I, I cannot. If, he, if he's telling me that the vaccines are the greatest thing since sliced bread, yeah. I just can't rock with that. I, I haven't had yeah. a lot of Vax yeah. talk lately, but you're you're right. It was the Vax talk there was was all positive, and Operation Warp Speed was so awesome. Yeah, I'll grant you that. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, and and if I want to be cynical about all these indictments too, uh, there's obviously we talk frequently about to what degree is this intentional to prop Trump up in the, in the uh, primaries, which if that is the intent, it's working quite well. Um, and there's no doubt that as these indictments keep rolling, I don't blame Trump for talking about these things because I think they are very wrong and very unjust, mm-hmm. but, but it does Absolutely. deflect or distract him from talking about Joe the Biden, the coronavirus mm-hmm. bullshit, the sort of stuff that you are talking about that you want to see some improvement on instead of talking about all of those important things we're talking about why fanny willis is so corrupt and she is but it is a distraction from things that affect more americans lives every day yep yes so let me just get quickly get to the the second issue the second issue is a lot of conservatives are very squeamish when it comes to the culture war issues right you know they don't want to wade in that they don't want to be called names blah 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 Trump, I don't believe Trump will push back like DeSantis against the culture war issues. You see DeSantis in Florida, he's doing it. He's, you know, he's because culture and politics have now become one, literally one. Back in the day in the 80s and 90s, you know, you separate the music, you know, people who sing and people, people in politics were separate. Now everybody is talking about politics. Every song is political. Everything is, you know, everything is intertwined. And I, I don't think Trump has the stones and the cojones to go up, go up against the LGBTQIA BLM mafia. And because at the end of the day, he wants to be liked. He wants to be liked by the mainstream media and the, the mainstream. Whether, regardless of what he says, he wants to be liked by them. And I, attacking the mafia, the, the LGBTQIA plus, is not going to... Uh, go well for him with the mainstream. So I think that DeSantis will push back. I think DeSantis will, you know, try and, you know, try and rid the the, the government of of the the, the gay swamp, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, <laughs> the, I, I know there's a the, lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of rivalry going on right now and there are DeSantis people and there are Trump people. And even though I think that um, rightly or wrongly, I'm more in the Trump camp, at least as of this moment, Mm -hmm. I don't really have hate for DeSantis or the DeSantis people. I think his campaign has probably been managed not very well, but I don't have a problem with him and and I wouldn't be angry to see him be president or something. I, I think that'd be really almost anybody would be better than Joe Biden, though I should be careful what I wish for because there probably are worse people out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess my question for you is how realistic do you think the DeSantis primary win even is? Do you think that's a possibility? <laughs> probably not. But the, and this is the, and this is what really worries me is that if DeSantis goes down in flames, then an up-and-coming Republican is going to look at DeSantis and say, well, I'm not going to do what he does. I'm not going to attack, you know, do what he did in Florida because it's not going to end well for me. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm worried about because, you know, people looking, there's going to be the young Republicans looking up to the DeSantis way or the Trump way. And, you know, I believe the DeSantis way is, is the way forward. We have to push back. We have to fight. Even if we may lose in the end, we have to fight. And I'm, I, I'm only seeing DeSantis doing it. And he, if he's not being rewarded for it with um, political gain, then I don't think that uh, another person is going to pick up the mantle. 
But he's still trying to find a political solution to this, a conventional solution. Maybe that's why he's not being rewarded. Trump, uh, the buffoon he is, really shook things up. And then DeSantis, although he's reasonable and all this other shit, uh, people don't want to go back to that. They need a they need an extravagant candidate that's going to turn everything on its head. That's what people want. They want revolution. Uh, and it's just not appealing seeing DeSantis go through all these conventional channels. I think that's why it, it's not working for people. I know Trump is a is a retard and everything, but he did really fuck up the, <laughs> the conventional well, system on, on politics. Yeah, and I, I, DeSantis has been effective in achieving a lot of things in Florida. I, I think that's fair to say. I think you might even say that he's achieved more in Florida than maybe Trump did as president, at least for the conservative political cause. Um, but I, I certainly would grant the point that he's not the entertainer that, that Trump is. Obviously he's not, even if, if DeSantis pisses people off through his policy positions, he doesn't have the same entertaining back and forth just conversationally or debate wise, or just in that interactive way that, that Trump does. So, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm here for the show too. And, I, I, and I, you know, this is this is this is what bugs me too is that the Trump DeSantis ticket would have been the perfect ticket in that Trump can lead the executive decisions to to DeSantis yeah. and Trump be the PR man and my Trump would be out there selling all the policies, selling everything, while DeSantis is the one managing who's going to be hired, who's not going to be hired, da 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 da, da and then give Trump the credit. Just just give Trump the credit, like you know. It probably would have worked out. Limelight. They they that they are kind of complementary figures in that way. Yeah, and but, it's uh, unfortunate that you know I don't think that's going to happen. Probably, but I, I believe it. I, I believe in the end. I, I'm gonna. I believe in the end that Trump probably is going to win. I will vote for him anyway because you know anything is better than Joe Biden. But uh, right now, I'm leaning in the primary. I'm leaning towards DeSantis until I see anything different. But until then, uh, right now, I'm leaning DeSantis right now. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Appreciate hearing from you, as All always. Right. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Okay. Uh, quick uh, catch up on chat. We'll get back to the calls. Maybe I see Chris Christie is uh, shaking his jowls about something. <laughs> uh, oh, nope. Got to pee. Okay. Okay, let me catch up just a few chats here over on Rumble. Shadowband420, speaking of riggers, careful. There's a company out there that makes tools for rigging literally called literally called Dirty Rigger. I'm sure they're next to get canceled. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, thank you, Shadowband. Let's see, where do we leave off? Uh, I think Greg is up next. Yeah, because we talked about uh, Father Time and Mother Nature. Greg Williams says, I remember when the Republicans were going to refuse to have the debate in Milwaukee instead of Nashville because Milwaukee has double the crime numbers of Nashville despite being a smaller city. Milwaukee is crazy, though. He also says the tough on crime bullshit the Republicans are pushing will lead us to a communist state as fast as anything the left is doing. It amazes me that people don't see that. Giving the extra power, giving the state extra power is dangerous under any circumstance. I don't know that I would agree under any circumstance, but I suppose this relates to the um, the discussion we've been having about policing, Craig. Um, certainly, as, as I've mentioned, I, I think policing has a role. Obviously, there are legitimate crimes that need to be policed, whether we do that through some sort of public uh, institution like the police force as we know it now or privately. But th- there are bad guys who need to be stopped. 
how we stop them, of course, is, I guess, the debate that we'd have here. Do you want some sort of private enterprise stopping them? Do you want a police force stopping them? As long as that police force stays local and accountable, I think it's actually very important. Um, but the the I think consolidating police power nationally or just even in one police force to cover a huge area that, you know, then we get our problems because accountability is minimized uh, and um and of course, then they have to just overlook way more stuff. And when they have to overlook way more stuff, a lot of things get get lost. But I guess what I'm saying is given the crime that is going on now, someone's got to take care of that. And I think we have way too relaxed an attitude about crime in general. Uh, not a, a I think we do need a tough on crime attitude. Uh, but I'll take your point about there might be a philosophical dispute about who want to do the policing. But too many criminals get away with too much shit currently. And that's got to yeah. stop. Uh, but true. did you just read this Greg Williams? One? Yeah. Incompetent oh, okay. hands. Uh, you want to Wait. grab that one and maybe a couple more. We'll get back to uh, callers. Sure. I just wanted to read the Greg Williams one really quick. Oh, incompetent hands. Blonde pregnancy may include dizziness, ditziness, nausea, uncontrollable bladder and uncontrollable WebMD. I assume you mean searches. If your blonde is enamored with basketball Americans, the shape of basketballs or Zog horses, consult your doctor. <laughs> I've been asked uh, not to consult my doctor anymore. Yeah. I don't think this is a legitimate reason for talking about Tonight's callers make me wanna. <laughs> you, you can't read the that? word? No, it's overlaid with another. No, oh, it says so tonight's can't... callers make me want to puke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn, how about having some respect for the callers who pay your bills? I expect better from you guys. Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh nope. yeah. Uh thank you. For the worst, Ken Rose. Thanks, Ken. Kim, there's a Pennsylvania listener meetup planned for the end of September. People can email me at polymathkim one one two three five at gmail.com or in the Discord. Better yet, Thank if you, you would like to, uh, just because email is hard to keep track of through voice in this way, if you're a Pennsylvania listener and you'd like to meet up with Kim, uh, send me an email and I will connect you with Kim. And in the future, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to work on a, a more efficient way of facilitating all of this. Uh, maybe into the fall here. There are a bunch of side projects I want to do in the fall that I may have the uh, time and resources available to construct. But for now, if you're in Pennsylvania, you'd like to meet up with Kim. Send me an email and I will connect you with Kim. Uh, okay. <sighs> Mike Pence is talking about something. Let me hear what he has to say before we take a call no here. Vice president in American okay. history had ever exercised or taken. Uh, he asked me to put him over the Constitution. And no. uh, I chose the Constitution, and I always will. I had no Mr. right Pence. to overturn the election, and Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election. He's getting kind of half-booed, half-cheered. Thank you, Vice President Pence. Now we are moving on to other issues. Okay, I'll, I'll pause it for there. Uh, that's just Pence talking about, hey, uh, Trump wanted to uh, put put himself over the Constitution, and I stopped him. Um, I, I actually, I, I, I do agree generally that I don't think the vice president has the unilateral authority to stop the certification of the votes from the states. And I think it's constitutionally important to leave power within the states to determine how their votes are allocated in that way. So... I mean, I don't, I don't even I don't necessarily dispute Mike Pence's point per se. Uh, I just question politically whether that's a big winner. I don't I don't think that 
um, this kind of constitutional loyalty argument that he's making about how he's the guy who stood up for constitutional fidelity. I'm not even saying he's he's wrong on the facts. I think that's probably the correct interpretation of the Constitution. Um, It's weird to say. I just think politically that's a loser. Isn't that weird? Yeah. No, no, I understand what you're saying. Pence yeah. just generally doesn't have what it takes. Maybe it's maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just Pence because it's like I think about what he's saying and it's like, OK, that's a perspective that I don't actually think is wrong. But I just don't like your face saying it. So, yeah, it's boo. that old Tim. Kane. He's got a Tim Kane quality about it. I know that's not satisfying. I know that's completely irrational. I guess let me put that's it this way. That's how people vote for president, though. They they vote with their uh, with their gut. They make irrational voting decisions. I guess if I want to argue why that sits so wrong, why that sits wrong with me, even though I think that it, legally speaking, it's correct. As a campaign, like as a centerpiece of a political campaign, it reads as, look at me. I stood down to Democrats and I'll do it again. Yes. Even though I think constitutionally he. he, Now, granted, I think there are lots of uh, questions about what happened in 2020. I don't think the constitutional solution is that the vice president has the unilateral authority to reject the certified votes of the states. But that's how it reads like uh, it just reads as like whatever if the Democrats tell me to, I'll do it. God damn it. Because that's what the Constitution commands. Rightly or wrongly. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to sort out my own ear, like my own visceral dis- rejection of what Mike Pence is saying, even though. It's this it's this lack of je ne sais quoi that he has. Hmm. That's OK. You don't have to you don't have to quantify what he's lacking. I mean, I think that he's a principled man. And he he probably is the superior constitutionalist when it comes to, to Pence and Trump. Oh, no doubt. But he did, like, who do I trust to uphold the Constitution more? Mike it's Pence. It's got to be Pence, yeah. A lot. I know, um, I know, like, he's Mike Pence. Uh, and he he probably would cave to forces that push him in a certain direction. But on, in like, Trump has done a lot of unconstitutional instinct things, too. Like, I'll, I'll cite you the examples of um, uh, uh, take the guns first, due process second, and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Pence famously bitched out with all of this January 6th stuff. Well, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, I didn't bitch out. I actually upheld the rule of no, law. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean he, he it was obvious to anybody. Irres- I understand what you're saying. Irrespective of uh, whether or not he up, upheld the Constitution to the letter of the law, it, it had the appearance of bitching out. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that That's what I'm wrestling with. <laughs> it does. It's okay to Legally, not like Mike Pence because he had the appearance of edging out. Okay, I'm going with that. That's right. what I. That's what I'm going with, rightly or wrongly. Okay, mustache Asian, uh, are you there? Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? We are well. What's okay. on your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Congrats on the uh, on the new baby. Well, un- oncoming or incoming baby. Yeah. <laughs> Babies. Thank you. Babies. Yeah. Both of us. yeah. Babies. Oh, yeah. Babies. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Yeah. yeah Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Blong has a visual reminder. <laughs> know, every time I stand yeah. up, I'm like, what? How is this? And I'm only halfway through the pregnancy. I kind of can't believe that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. remember the, uh, the the Walgreens has everything, has, like, uh, everything changed, chained up? Yeah. Uh, San Francisco down. one or what? In San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. That was like two blocks away from my old church. 
It was crazy. Oh, I forgot you were in the Bay Area. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. So you are familiar with this particular Walgreens. They got good frozen pizza or what? Why is it so stealing? No, just I just sometimes go through it. Like we go, I go to the uh, the. You, you see when the, when in the footage when you enter enter the uh, the ent- the uh, I think it's the front entrance and there's an escalator on the right side. We go to that Ross. It goes up to the Ross upstairs. So yeah, sometimes we go there, but it's just like it's like it's like insane to, to see that is everything is locked up. Yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's in something somewhere, some a store that I actually went to. Yeah, relatively regularly on Sundays, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah, so uh, would, do you guys want to talk about the cyclist situation, or do you want to talk about Barbie the movie? About uh, what? Cyclists for sure, definitely not oh, Barbie. Yeah. Let me can I give a quick introduction? Uh, yeah, there, it's not it's not a lot of people, but I do notice like whenever I talk shit about cyclists, there's a, a few yeah. there's a handful of, of cyclists who are very you call in and they're like, have you always been this much of a fat? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite that bad. But, yeah, uh, the sort of comments where it's like, I think they take it a little too seriously where they think like I actually do want them on trains. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't uh, yet, yeah. but I'm close. Uh, but, but no, it's the cyclist thing. It's like they, they kind of, they're so there's, there's a select group of cyclists that are so sensitive about cyclist criticism that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's kind of gay and you're sensitive about it. That's why if there's any cyclist criticism, you get all uptight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's they're pussies gag. <laughs> Your original assessment was also correct. Oh, I, well, I'm not the first to be annoyed with cyclists, but anyway, I, I don't mean to hijack the topic. Clearly, I have a lot to say about no. cyclists, but what do you have to say? No, I mean, I used to be one, you know, no, we'll get the in f- college. I used to want to do collegiate racing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Did you get shock therapy or what did you do? Definitely very, very uh, risky. Uh, if you want to be risky, like I, I mean, sometimes I dive down one of the fa- fastest roads down uh, in San Francisco, alongside traffic, but yeah, so I can go at least forty down down 40 the hill. In so. and oh my god, aren't you afraid of a car door opening or something? Mm, it was at night too. It was at night. Um, that's gambling. <laughs> that's that's yeah. crazy. As far as I'm concerned, that's uh, yeah. you're just like uh, what's his face from Free Solo. You're just like Alex Hunold. You're begging for I it. Know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I ended up did, you know, I was sprinting up um, one of the roads right next to Mark Zuckerberg's hospital and the roads were shit because they were, they keep on digging it up. So I was standing up and hit a bump and I was standing up. So I was flipped myself upside oh. down oh. and the back of my helmet swiped the, swiped the, uh, the road. Well, at least so you were wearing was, a helmet. Otherwise it would have been your skull. I had a concussion still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I, I've seen, um, I have to go to San Francisco every so often. Uh, we do have some family in the area and, uh, whenever yeah. we're there, uh, I do see some, some cyclist antics that are, that are pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen someone crash it. Do you know how fast you were going when you crashed? I'm not quite sure. Maybe 20, but it's okay. fast enough that it launched me into the air. And so uh, yeah, and then you probably have that in moment in time where you realize what is actually happening, bracing for the impact itself. Yeah, I actually wasn't really 
I was I think it was a little too fast for me, but I realized that my my helmet swiped the floor. So mm. yeah, and that was that was a well, bit weird. Well, what broke your cycling inclinations? How did you return to God? <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of because I kind of went from more cardio to more strength based because I want to do like one just like more combat related, like you know more of a like a regular infantry type of uh, training. And want to balance it out, I guess you know. That's because my legs are topic. good. My legs are very good, and want to balance it out with my upper body. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, so you're, yeah, you've so done a, how, how many different uh, like combat uh, training programs, or what sort of combat techniques have you done? Not just um, just mostly like firearm related. In, in oh, okay. I thought you meant like uh, you were doing fighting techniques. You're talking about like uh, no, no. You're it's talking about like, like tactical the basic training, physicality stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, be able to wear wear play carrier around. You know, run around with play carrier and, and yeah, until they think you're a mass things. shooter. You know. <laughs> no, no. It's just. Well, I mean, I do do airsoft. I did start airsofting a little bit. Yeah. 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 So. Anyways, yeah, so I mean, the Strava app actually also has a different function rather than of it more than just tracking your rides because people can set goals mm-hmm. on the app or like section of the road where people can challenge. They have, they have a leaderboard. So that's how they... How yeah, and that creates its own nuisances because, of course, people can yeah. do speed runs on... Yeah. Uh, people do speed runs on like mountain summits or other things. And then you'll get these yeah. jackasses on trails running down the trail. Strava, Strava. Oh, get out of my way. I'm doing a Strava run. Like, okay, good for you, dude. Strava yeah. people are very, uh, yeah, they can be very annoying. True, true. But anyways, yeah. So people can, yeah, I, I was in that community. So some people can be really, really asshole-ish about <laughs> it or just being pompous about that, about it. Yeah, Thankfully, so. whenever I'm in San Francisco, I'm, I'm rarely, uh, I'm never driving. I might be in a car with someone else driving, but I'm never mm-hmm. driving in San Francisco. Uh, Ooh, I did so stressful. when I lived there. But if, if I had to deal with driving in San Francisco in combination with cyclist antics, I'd probably lose my mind. Yeah. yeah. A lot so, of cyclists I mean, we're dealing go, with in okay, Seattle. Yeah. A lot of them. Oh, no. Yeah. Just don't go there anymore. And anyway. Yeah, you'll get your windows smashed out. So Well, that's yeah. the thing. Whenever I am there, it's like, uh, okay, we're going to go to the grocery store. And that's all. Because yeah. I don't know. If I take my family out to anywhere even nice, all it takes is one of these crazy hobo tweakers to attack them. It's like, okay, do I want to protect my family and go to prison? Or do I want to let this guy victimize my family? What what's uh, what am I going to choose here under California law? No. Oh, bro. No win situation. You can't even um, I was talking with a, a, a guy about self-defense options there, and I thought that you could have the like pepper ball guns where you can you can like sh- they're these weird little pepper. They shoot pepper balls or like mace balls yeah. into yeah. a person's face. You can't even have those. No, those what? are bad. Yeah, it's like I, I, I guess it's fists only. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that the criminals who will be attacking me in such a situation are not armed with fists only. They probably have some other things at their disposal. Nope. Definitely. <sighs> That's well, why I don't I mean, go outside. You see one lady hanging out with the car with a crank with a short AK-47. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. They can have that, but you can't. So. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Right. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, thanks. You guys too. 
Uh, what is Tim Scott talking about? Six Let's listen. million illegal crossings since President Biden has taken office and 200 people on our national security watch list have been caught at our border. Mm. How many just generic have border talk. You want to listen to this? Our southern border. Not if really. Just been Open border is bad. <laughs> Tim Scott. Steve Harvey? <laughs> Wait, Steve Harvey shaved his mustache? Yeah, that's the real news. I really liked him much better on Family Feud. He's not very compelling in this role. Okay. Uh, this stuff's going to be pretty generic. Uh, the, the open border is bad. Okay, yeah, I know. Uh, not that they're wrong to say it, but I just don't think that that's necessarily the most interesting. I don't think there's going to be a lot of disagreement among them on that Everyone's, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's talk to Nomad. Nomad, are you there? Yes, I, I two two weeks in a row. Congratulations, welcome back. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for you guys to do a interview with uh, Karen Strawn. She's in the live chat tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you, Karen. Karen, well, no, it would be rude of me to. I'll just say, Karen is welcome to uh, to come on our show anytime she likes. <laughs> We've That's only been saying it for like seven my- years. Yeah. Yeah, her videos saved my sanity when I was going through the worst, most horrible custody fight. Oh. And actually, a lot of the information she had um, was useful. Uh, a lot of her sources were useful to me uh, to present to a judge. Yeah. Hmm. So. Well, you, you know, were you able there's, there's to get no custody? Reason. Oh, yeah. He, um, he's uh, with me full time now. She gets holidays. Ha! Well, well done. I'm glad that uh, you know Karen Strawn has made a lot of positive effects on people's lives. So, well, my my son is uh, he entered high school a year early, and he's in one of the top 100 high schools of the in the country. Uh, high school that uh, specifically recruits gifted kids. Well, that's, well, that's great. fantastic. I'm glad it worked out for you. It doesn't work out for a lot of men, so. I'm, I'm what happy uh, if there, if there was a someone oh, yeah. listening in a bad custody battle or a similar situation? If you could give brief advice for what to do, what what would be the top thing? Talk to men who've managed to get custody. Well, I have to um, be talking to watch Karen's videos so you understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, every case is different, um, but talking to men who've had to fight for custody in your jurisdiction will mm. give you a lot of better sources for attorneys and nobody's going to argue as badly as you do when your emotions are so involved so having an attorney that can at least do the arguing uh is huge i was able to do all the paralegal work and um paperwork and that saved me tens of thousands of dollars um, my legal fees were under five thousand dollars, and uh, wow. the ex's legal fees were probably between fifty and a hundred. Wow, you stuck it to a chick in court. Damn, that's probably poor phrasing, but you get what I mean. You, you, um, not <laughs> only got custody, but you, you, you gave her yeah, a really. gigantic bill. I mean, I, I guess I want to let me qualify. I don't want to celebrate. It, it, no matter how it works out, it's a, it's a terrible situation, but. I guess what I'm saying is in the context of a situation where men usually get screwed, you really came out a winner here, it sounds like. Yeah, it was not that way in the beginning. Um, But 
a lot of guys, after they get hammered in court, they get hugely demoralized. And um, the building up my morale and being able to see that there were other people who knew that it was so unfair and so screwed up really helped me out. And um, I, it took three years almost uh, of going back and forth to court. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who was not even accused of abuse. Uh, wow. Okay. And, yeah. So uh, it was just, uh, it was uh, the, the divorce situation was just, she wanted to leave or, or what? There wasn't any kind of, uh, Oh, well, it wasn't even a divorce. I was stupid. I, I did not marry her. So oh. legally I was not the father until a judge said I was the father. Uh, that, okay. And, uh, That's interesting. Uh, is he, yeah, weren't you on the birth certificate um, or something? Dad, How are you not legally the yes, father? Yes, because under Arizona law, until if you're not married at the time the child is is uh, born, you are not legally the father until a judge has said so. They just don't. So that child just does not have a legal father at that point. Right, you have no legal rights to your child until. Um, it's been adjudicated that you're the father by it's default really without marriage. I mean, obviously, I would encourage right. I, I would encourage everyone to be married before having children. Um, yeah. And I'm going to assume that's what the the law is designed to promote. But it seems insane to me that you could be the genetically demonstrated father of that child. And have no parental rights until a judge says that you do, even though you've done nothing wrong. Like that's just the condition by default. That right. seems insane. Yeah, it it is insane. Hmm. Yeah, um, but you know, of course, uh, suddenly you're you're always the father when they want uh, child support. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's See, um, but I would. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would say. My biggest mistake in all of that, though, was not being married first before he was born. You know, there's a lot of kids who are uh, six-month kids at nine pounds uh, because the parents got married once the mom turned up pregnant. And uh, at the least, I should have done that. But uh, getting married before you start working on a family is always the best choice. Yeah. Yeah, your your commitment to your wife is your commitment to your children, and and that's how it ought to be. But I, I of course, understand that um, not everything works out the way it is intended to or supposed to all of the time, and the way that the system has been so slanted against men is uh, is a very very deep topic. But I appreciate you sharing your perspective on it, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you seem to be an outlier in your success. So congratulations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and the funny thing is, is that uh, I was mostly calling. Uh, I was gonna ask uh, you, Matt, or if you're familiar with a YouTube channel by a guy named Paul Harrell. No, I haven't heard the name. What is it? Um, he's one of the guys who does a lot of uh, gun videos. Okay. And he's got about uh, he's got close to eight hundred thousand subscribers, I think. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about shooting and uh, comparisons and a lot of the real world stuff, the guy's actually had to, um, had military training, is an uh, instructor, and he's also been in uh, one or two 
defensive shootings where he had to take somebody's life. So he's got a, uh-huh. uh, he's got experience. In like a law enforcement setting or a military setting or just as a civilian? As a civilian since uh, leaving the military. He's been in multiple s- fatal self-defensive shootings? I, I, he's been one in one or two that I know about. There was one, um, apparently, uh, they were out and out camping and you get the yahoos who come along and do crazy things. And it's why you carry, you know, you, you don't carry because you expect to get in a shootout because if you expect a shootout, just don't go. Um, it's like with a seatbelt, you carry in case you need it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, well, I'll have to check it out. Uh, thank you for the recommendation, and thank you for your okay. call as well. Yep, and and Rebecca, I, I hope uh, things go great with the rest of your pregnancy. Thank have you. Have a great night. No AIDS. <laughs> have a good night. Thanks, <laughs> Okay, uh, last call is going to go to Witwat. Witwat, are you there? Uh-huh, yeah. What's on your mind? Um, okay, put on your tinfoil hat here. Oh, I'm so, ready. Gladly, I live sure. with it on. It's about Maui, okay? Okay. Okay. So what's easier, to convince people to move and to tear down their houses or to burn everything? Oh, I'm already there with you. I've been watching really graceful. Yeah, they did it. And then I think that that guy that was supposed to set off the alarms was like spectacularly paid off. I think BlackRock is going to come in and it's going to buy all the property or Uh just... Can I? Can you give like a two-minute summary of the theory, and then I have I, uh, just like one or two questions about it. Oh yeah, it's like a thirty-second theory. Okay. Theory here. So, World War Three is coming. The military is going to build a base in Hawaii. That's why they torched it. That's my theory. No, that is tinfoil hattery. So this is not like a, a big business property development thing. This is just they need the land for. Does, don't they already have one of the Hawaiian islands that is entirely military already? Or am I mis? Am, am I mistaken? I have no clue. I didn't do any research on this. I think I they are, made it up. I think they already do. But a Hawaiian could correct me. At least I know there are major existing military installations on the Hawaiian islands already. Not that they potentially wouldn't need more, but just some context. Or what if they like put nukes under there and then they forgot about them and then realized they need them. So they're like, okay, we got to like destroy everybody's houses so we can launch these nukes possibly. What about that? I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, the prospect of launching nukes from Hawaii even is. And that's, that's beyond my expertise. That's beautiful weather. So I imagine it'd be pretty good, but I don't know. My only question, Um, my question on, on whether this was done uh, intentionally for the purpose of acquiring the property. Do we have evidence that there was some sort of sincere effort on the part of a business interest or on the part of government or whoever to go buy this land from these people and they refused? Is that established? No, 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 it's just theorized. Is there any evidence to that effect? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because that, that would seen. be that would be pretty compelling to me. If there was an effort to get these people out through a normal legal means of purchasing their property and they stonewalled it, and then there's some connection to the same people acquiring the property after the fire burned. If that if if we, if there was something like that, I'd be really I mean, I would I would have a very hard time not thinking that's that's awfully suspicious. But if it's just yeah. to me, if it's just like fire burns down and different people acquire the property, I mean, that, that that's how it happens pretty much anytime there's a natural disaster. 
Yeah, I wasn't very tinfoily on this. I was just like, yeah, it's a fire. But then, like, I heard that there was barricades and they were like trying, it seemed like they were trying to trap people in there. I'm like, what the heck? That's very hmm. weird. So I've just been like recently tinfoily, like today. And, that's it. And I haven't read a lot about it. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to ask uh, questions to clarify, not because I, I think it's insane to think those things. I think, like I said, the biggest conspiracy theory is the stuff you see on the news. That's the real conspiracy theory. Um, yeah, seriously. I just it it to me it's this is one of those where it's like if you really wanted or needed that land I don't know I mean you to start these fires from miles away and then count on the wind to blow them to the spot that you need that seems a little far fetched to me but maybe I'm missing something control the weather too well that's that's its own you're right (laughs) I hadn't considered that factor. So, yeah, but I don't know. I I just thought it was something fun to think about. So yeah, for sure. So, I always appreciate some good tinfoil. Yeah, um, that was it. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that will do it on calls. Appreciate all of our callers tonight. Uh, if you did not get in this evening, or you're having trouble. Or you just can't uh, call in live, go ahead and send us an email question if you'd like to participate in the show. The one and only place to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. Before we hop into those, uh, you want to listen to Ron for a minute or Rob? Sure. Here, let's see what he's importance saying. importance of American civics and teaching our kids about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. As president, I'm going to lead an effort to increase civic understanding and knowledge of our Constitution. We cannot be graduating students that don't have any foundation in what it means to be an American. Mr. Ramaswamy, Mr. Ramaswamy, Mr. Peck. Mr. Ramaswamy, hold on. Uncontroversial, but sure. You've said that yeah. the Department of Education, the FBI, the ATF, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the IRS, the Department of Commerce, many of these should not exist. That's correct. Go on. So, to the education question, how would you deal with the crisis? So, look, we have a crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Mm. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue. Never of take our the time. $80 billion Allow in the first place. <laughs> but he's close. <laughs> Give it to parents? What the fuck is he talking about? To allow public schools to compete. And then revive our um, he's saying take the uh, Department of Education's budget and just give it back to the states and parents for education. But how about just don't take it? Just don't take it. My mother had to pass in order to become a citizen of this country. And the fact of the matter is, look, there's part of education policy that also rests with the family. I didn't grow up in money. But you know the word privilege gets used a lot? Well, you know what? I did have the ultimate privilege of two parents in the house with a focus on educational achievement. And I want every kid to enjoy that. So part of the problem is we also have a federal government that pays single women more not to have a man in the house. I'm listening, little brown man. (laughs) All right, where's your stick? Can you beat an ass with your stick? Then I... I'm I'm into it. How many homeless people will you beat? And the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Okay, you're speaking my language. I'll give him that. I got to cut it off there so I don't get uh, taken down. But yeah, I mean, the the greatest form of government uh, or the greatest form of governance is the nuclear family. That is very important. Um, And I think he's right on on that point. And... As far as deleting the Department of Education, uh, great start. Keep going. Um, now yeah. do the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, unless yeah. they're going to continue to 
off themselves. Uh, yeah, we need more IRS gun trainings. I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, let's get to our email questioners. Uh, Free State Dweller says, Hey, Matt and Blonde, I live in Southern Maryland, but uh, within 45 miles of Washington, D.C. The district is a mess. Mass shootings, carjackings, and homicide are all on the increase. What do you think of the House of Representatives wanting to govern the city? D.C. officials say the Home Rule Act is the result of the ongoing push by district residents for control of their own local affairs. Um, maybe this is one area in which I actually am going to side with the federal government. Although I need what? to... Well, Washington, D.C. constitutionally is a federal district. That's and th- true. And it must... Still something makes me a little queasy about this, but I hear you. It must stay that way and not become a state so that it, yeah. it doesn't consolidate its own... Pa- it's weird to say, like, we have to... We have to uphold federal control of D.C. to make sure that they don't consolidate their power further. I understand that's kind of what I'm saying, I suppose. But constitutionally speaking, it is a federal district for the for the purpose that no state gains control of our federal seat of government in that way. And I don't know the ins and outs of how police power and all of that uh, is distributed in Washington, D.C., because, of course, you have a, a city government and all this. But technically, unless I'm mistaken, doesn't Congress actually have the ultimate control over all of that because it is a federal district under Congress's control? They do. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, is there anywhere and, else in the country that's like this? No, I don't think so. N- no, but that's that's kind of the point is that it is its own federal district that is not beholden to any state. Uh, and And I think it should stay that way. Um, so I okay, guess fine. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the power should be returned or I guess it hasn't really been taken away, but that power should be exercised by Congress, not by, um, DC politicians. This is, I'm going to have to think through this though. Cause it's very oh, weird sorry, to say, I, I mean, I'm that. sitting here saying like, no, those people that DC residents elect, fuck them. Congress controls this, but it is our federal seat of government and the, the, yeah. the States through Congress, through their representation in the house and through the Senate, we should all have control of how that operates because it is the federal seat of government. It's unique in that way, but for it to function, that's the way that it has to function. And if you don't like that, what we should do is minimize the size of Washington, DC so that we don't have this sprawling city. That's what half a million people or however many live there. They would still have the benefit of local ordinance. wouldn't they? Well, if, if you want all these residential and commercial areas, those should be parts of, Things that are not directly connected to government. All of these businesses, all no, these residential areas. No, but the Home areas. Rule Act, I think, would add, would add additional, uh, would add additional. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reinforcements. I don't think it would. I don't think it would replace necessarily that there would still be some hmm. sort of um, local police force. Right? I don't know exactly what the terms of this law are. Contextually, it sounds like it is a law, a proposal from Congress to give more power to dc city governments okay i'm only okay with it in this specific circumstance because it's not going to happen anywhere else Hmm. and it wouldn't grow outside of dc it'd be impossible right well i I think that that congress must make congress being the mechanism of the states and the people must maintain control of that federal district and if you don't if you're a dc resident who doesn't like that well yeah let's minimize the presence that is DC and all of you people who live in residential and commercial areas or who operate businesses in commercial areas of Washington, DC, those should be part of Virginia, Maryland, 
surrounding states. They should not be part of this sprawling city that is Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. should exist for federal government business. That's it. It should not be some sprawling city beyond that. Okay. All right. I'm in. Uh, by the way, we've got tons of questions tonight. Okay. Well, let's do... Oh, I, you're right. Okay. Let's do lightning round methods then. Thank no, you for no. letting me know. Says, ooh, I just scrolled all the way to the bottom. Ah, okay. Ah, I did it again. What is wrong with me? Okay. Would you yeah. be willing to consider that a third baby could be a gift baby? My third child attended her first college course at age 11 with her 15-year-old brother. Do you think the death of a child could, as it did for me, change your world? I had two boys and two girls and the, and the world was perfect until my son died. I, I don't know how parents could, can possibly deal with the grief of the death of a child. Like when I think about the possibility that Emmeline could die before me, it is just so heart wrenching. And I think I might just, I would probably just give up. So for all the parents that have lost a child, like my heart absolutely goes out to you. I don't really understand the question. Yeah. I'm trying to find, I'm no, no, we might need clarification on this because I'm not sure I entirely follow. Could it change? Um, could the death of a child change? Or well, yeah, that would absolutely just destroy. Yes, and that's yeah. that's as I've talked about before. That's one reason I want more than two kids. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I hope I never experience the death of a child, but I have experienced the death of a sibling. My parents have experienced the death of a child, and um, you don't plan for that. But I think having more siblings does make that more manageable. And so, for my kids, I want I just want to make sure that they are protected better from the potential loss of one of them that they have each other to rely on. And and I think about, it's weird to think about how many kids you want to have in morbid terms like that. But of course my life has shaped my perspective to think that way. So that that's why I think three plus is, is for those. I mean, in addition to just having a big family is cool, but, um, but I want those siblings to have each other to rely on in the worst possible times. Nephew just popped his little head in here. What a little Wait, how old is he? He's 13. Oh, yeah. He just found my YouTube channel. So I'm in, he's he's I'm old in trouble. Enough. Yeah, he's like really political or political, politically oriented. It's which way? Annoying. What are his politics? I don't know. I mean, I think that he is center right, but hmm. he thinks he's center left. He wants to be president. Like, you don't want that job. Well, you can't do much worse. <laughs> Go for it. All right, your turn. Colin, uh, Colin, rather, Colin Tokshow, Colin. our Japanese listener. Hey, guys, I think we can all agree that uh, social media is cancer. But at this point, it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. given that we are stuck with it, do you think there's a good way that it could be changed to be less depression, depression inducing or even be actually a good, healthy thing? No. Um, I don't think that there's much change that could be done to the product itself. I think the change has to come from us as users either in rejection entirely if you succumb to some of the negative effects of it like that or just in discipline uh easier said than done i know it's like when you have all these temptations i, I it is an addicting thing like a lot of other it's it's not like a drug necessarily but you know you get in the scrolling mindset and looking at everybody bragging about their own lives with a false presentation of what their lives actually are and you feel bad about yours and it has all these effects i think it's on us to figure out ways to uphold the discipline to minimize some of those damaging factors and and i guess uh, find things that are going to fill the holes in us better get back to god y'all motherfuckers need jesus um (laughs) turn off your phone i think parental restrictions i mean yeah uh 
I guess what I'm saying is do this. I don't know that Mark Zuckerberg can protect me from Facebook better than I can protect me from Facebook. Uh, And I, I, even if they have a good idea, it's like, it's going to be on me to, to recognize some of the damaging effects and to minimize them myself. Um, Then it's all about who you follow, create your own airtight echo chamber. Like I've done on Instagram. Is it your woman? Uh, yeah, I, I had a, a text, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't get banned or something. It's an unrelated text. You're talking about your beard line? No, it's completely unrelated. Oh. A personal matter that I can't discuss. What? Yeah. Why would you say that? Because no, I'm, I'm just, just curious. I'm just clarifying. She's like, I'm so fat. We were talking about that through text the other day, just sending each other unflattering pictures of ourselves. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Like This is so depressing. Yeah. Okay, Fox McCloud. In 2019, speaking at a campaign event, Andrew Yang made fun of Trump for being fat. He actually received criticism from many progressives for this act of fat shaming. The progressives argued that when you ridicule someone for being fat, you're actually ridiculing every fat person. Do you agree with this principle that mocking someone who has quality X equates to mocking everyone who has quality X? No, I mean, I don't know that I really care, though. I mean, I think as a society, we need to be desensitized to mockery. So even if it does equate uh, to criticizing all people with that qual- that quality, I'm like, okay, good. Why is everybody so sensitive? Like fatties need to stop crying. Stop crying, fatties. You know, it's a great dilemma. It's like if someone's if someone's overweight and they need to lose weight, uh, should they should they cycle? No. Yes. Yes. No. Well, I mean, what's worse? Kill, kill the fat cyclists. Then you're killing fat people and cyclists. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think in principle, if you're criticizing a certain characteristic of a person that applies to a broad group of people, implicitly you're criticizing that trait or that characteristic within that broader group. I don't think that that necessarily makes it wrong to your point. I, I would say the, the only counter I would have is that there are degrees. Like if you call someone stupid, there are degrees of stupidity. So it's like when you say, are you criticizing every stupid person? Well, how stupid is stupid or how fat is how fat? fat is fat? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but it seems to me if you were criticizing someone for being fat, you would say, yeah, I think fatness is bad and I don't care who's a fat ass. I'm still going to say being a fat ass is bad. I don't know a lot of people who would say it's fat. Well, maybe I, maybe I should, I guess I, there are a lot of people who would criticize Trump for being fat, but if a Democrat was fat, they would say it's fat. So maybe it, maybe there are a lot of people who just weaponize it for particular individuals they don't like. But yeah, if you, I guess to close the thought, if you make a criticism of a person on any particular trait, it should be assumed that you would criticize that trait in any given person. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. Right. Fine. Joe Atkins. Dear Matt and Blonde, I have a relationship with a woman who really brings out the best of me. However, she likely won't be able to have children. Alas, the heart wants what it wants. And despite this hardship, I feel we would be blessed to accompany each other through the rest of life. I would appreciate your general thoughts on the matter. Oh, that's heartbreaking. But I mean, listen, being a parent, it's not it's not for everybody. And I do believe that people that don't have children, there's a path to fulfillment and success and love for them as well. I mean, my thing about motherhood is that I don't want people to lose out on this opportunity because they have been operating within their delusions. Um, And I think that it's the best way for most women to achieve happiness. I'm not going to tell you that 
that you're going to find happiness with somebody else. If you have children with them, you might find somebody else have children with them and then you're fucking miserable and, and, and you, you miss this person so much. If you, you're the only person that, that can know if this love is worth it for you not to have children, if you def- desperately want children, feel like you cannot be happy without having children, I would implore you to find somebody else. I will uh, emphasize it says likely won't be able to have children. So I'm going to interpret that with the Lloyd Christmas attitude from Dumb and Dumber. So you're like saying how? there's a chance. There's a chance. You are yeah. saying there's a chance. Um, but yeah, I, I actually uh, I would agree with your your general analysis here that if you accept these terms. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with this. I would hope that. If you want kids, whether it is biological children with this woman or you would accept, say, an adoption situation or something like that, um, make sure that she's going to have to agree with you on some. On, on the alternative of adoption, if you want kids. And she. Uh, in a situation where she doesn't want kids and you do don't take that. But it sounds like she, well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't say if you want kids and she doesn't or vice versa, don't take that situation. If you both want kids, even if you're going to have obstacles or potentially difficulties to navigate, I don't have a problem with that as long as you are not deceiving yourself and it doesn't sound like you are. Yeah. And generally, I know that people have strong opinions about IVF, but I think people should do what they can to have their own children insofar as they don't destroy embryos. Right. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't know uh, physiologically all the ins and outs of that, and and it in, does it inherently involve the destruction of embryos? No, no. Hmm. What most people do is they grade the embryos and they destroy the substandard embryos, which I have an ethical problem with. Because well, that, yeah, that sounds like it inherently does. You're telling me you don't have to do that. You don't have to. Do, you don't have to grade the embryos. You can oh, just I see. Implant, you could do one. You can be like make as many embryos as you can. We'll implant two at a time until we've implanted all of them. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's not, you can't just do one and we'll take one. There's got you to can. be. Oh. It's just expensive. And if there's a lower chance of success. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would mean, agree yeah. that once you're creating distinct sets of human DNA, you're creating that distinct they deserve lives. The opportunity if you plan, if you intend on extinguishing some of those, I would definitely have a moral problem with that. Yeah. yeah. That's what most people do IVF to. Hmm. This is why I don't inherently have a problem with surrogacy if you use all the embryos. Like, oh, hmm. um, uh, good luck. And uh, I, I, I'm, I have faith you'll reach the right answer. Snow Ape Dan. Hey, Blonde, did I hear correctly that you dislike rednecks? If so, why? <laughs> when the time of mostly peaceful Minecrafting uh, commences, rednecks and hillbillies will be one of our biggest strengths. I know that you're right. I know that you're right. But I feel like you're, you're talking about like quaint rednecks you know the the having grown up in missouri and living in north idaho like i have to deal with a certain population of uh of like meth addicted no upward mobility cletus type cousin fuckers that like i, I find unsavory I, I just i don't know what you want me to say here so it's right? the meth of the incest if you cut that out i don't know i mean Generally, I don't I don't like it when I see people wallowing in poverty that have no interest in upward mobility that this is not all rednecks, not all, not all, you know, just most. But there (laughs) there are major problems with redneck culture. I'm not talking about like 
people that like guns and stuff like that's not what I would call I'm talking about like trailer multi-generational trailer park drug addicted welfare beasts welfare beasts (laughs) that's what I'm talking about when I talk about redneck culture but there are some white trash elements that I think are pretty cute you know like um like I like the 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 indiscriminate gun usage okay uh, bordering on irresponsible i like that the get off my lawn spirit yeah Hmm. i like that i like the having many kids uh regardless of your financial situation i I think that's pretty cool (laughs) mexicans do it i don't see why we can't all right Uh, your turn uh, thank you, Snow Ape Dan. Long Dong John says, what about if money is okay to pick up and keep it if you see it on the street? I've always shrugged my shoulder if you see um, uh, if you see a few coins or a note on the ground and pocket it. But, uh, but would it still be okay if you came across a suitcase full of cash, for example? Well, I would say if there's something, I, I don't even know if I draw an amount distinction. The problem with cash is that anybody could say, oh, that's my cash. If you have a suitcase or a wallet... To me, if I have a wallet uh, or like an identifiable thing on a person, I don't care if it's a dollar. I should give that dollar back to that person. If I find if there's just like I mentioned last stream or whenever that was, we found a $50 bill on a hiking trail. And it's like, well, if I cross someone on this trail, I guess I could ask him, did you drop a $50 bill? Absolutely. Because he'll be like, yeah. I mean, how do I know that it's there? So we just went and bought lottery tickets. And do I feel like that's in a perfect world, if I could be shown that that this this bill belongs to this person. Of course, I would return it. But in a situation in which I can't verify it, yeah, I bought lottery tickets, and I don't. I don't feel like that's stealing in the same sense. Do you? Is is that the same thing as theft? No. If you find any amount of cash in a neutral place, that is your money. You tell no one. If it's a lot of cash, you make sure there's no tracking device in it because we've all seen No Country for Old Men. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, to me, the moral obligation begins with an identifiable characteristic. If that cash has some th- something distinct about it. If it's in a wallet, I would call the person. Yeah, exactly. Like any, I would say if it's a wad of cash with a distinct rubber band around it. I mean, like if you could describe to me what, if you can describe to me the, the how the bill was stored, I'll believe you. But if it's just, I lost a $50 bill. I mean, I don't know. So it's got to be, my, my line is identifiable characteristic. Chris M says, hey, faggots, recent discussion with some friend of mine, uh, some friends rather of mine who have had weight problems regarding how how much medical help you give to junkies. The topic came up because or the topic came up from them that they make poor decisions that lead to medical requirements. So if we're going to abandon the junkie, why wouldn't we abandon the fatso? I feel like there's a difference, but cannot articulate it. I'm curious if you have uh, any thoughts on it. P.S. To clarify. I don't want to know if you agree with the position, just if you see them as the same or different. So is a food addiction, if I'm understanding correctly, let's say that you're a a, a, a meth addict who has a recurring need for medical treatment because of your meth addiction and you refuse to stop the meth. And so the medical system's like, all right, fuck you, man. You're out of here. We're not doing this anymore. Is that the same, excuse me, the same or different than somebody who is overweight and can't stop eating? Same. Um, I would say the same in principle with the only distinction being probably the addictive quality of the math. I don't know that food is, is, 
I'm guessing I don't I don't necessarily have the ph- physiological knowledge here, but I'm guessing in a meth addiction is probably harder to break than just like you eat too many pizzas. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. I also know, you know, I mean, as someone who I I love eating terrible food before bed and I know that that's a hard habit to break. I've been doing this, better. I'm going to go eat a whole watermelon. I, no one well, that's actually pretty good. That's not that a bad. A whole watermelon? It's like 3,000 calories. Is it really? Watermelon yeah. is that high? There's no way you're going to eat the whole thing anyway. Calories are not in a whole... Anyway. No way. Um, sure. Sorry, what did, you say, what did you say at the end? Just whether you think these are the same or not? Can we, go, can we bring... Uh, yeah, I'm curious. So not whether you agree with the position, just if you see them as the same or different in principle, I view them as the it's same with the, the only same. difference yeah. being probably the addictive quality. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Sugar is really addictive. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I'm going to say that like a heroin withdrawal is worse than a sugar withdrawal. But mm. so in ways like do I have more sympathy for the drug user than the fatty? Because the drug user's addiction is harder to break, maybe. Yeah. But my answer, Chris, is the same. My answer is not different. Which I, I gather your question was leaning toward what is the difference here. I can't really give you one. I think they're actually very similar. Right. You're up, Bo Jiden. Difficult question. What is the funniest political joke or meme from the leftist that you've ever heard or seen? For me, I have to admit, I left pretty hard a joke from the leftist. That said, breaking Supreme Court has ruled 5-4 that it's legal to hunt homeless person for sport with Roberts dissenting, arguing that it should only be legal if the homeless person is not actively searching for a job. It's a little wordy, but okay. I mean, man, if you're asking me what was the the last actually funny leftist meme that I've seen, I'm really scraping the the bottom of my mental barrel here, too. They're so shite at at (sighs) me. And then it's they're they're always they're always so wordy in a way that this one is kind of wordy where it's like there's a nugget of humor there, but you buried it in 50 words when you could have done it in 10. And that's usually how it is. It's it's way too complex. And then they like to they like to ridicule the 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 intelligence of their critics like, oh, you can't handle complex ideas with an attention span to understand. No. Classic rule, a, a rule that I've heard from. Very smart people, uh, professors of mine that I admired intellectually a lot. If you can't explain something like you're explaining it to your grandma, you don't really understand it. doesn't mean that grandma has to know every little detail about the entire thing. But if you can't get the main concept to be consumable or understandable by an, a- point. an average person, then you actually don't understand it that well. And these are all so wordy. Yeah, I, I actually have to punt on this question because if I sit here and think about it, it's going to take me 10 minutes to even come up with one. But tell you what, Bo, I will put that in the back of my mind for the rest of these questions here. And if something comes up, I will uh, I will return to it. My apology for avoidance. I just don't have anything off the top of my mind right now. Loyalty to Emperor Trump. Am I up? I think so. Or, yes. Okay. What are your thoughts on Trump missing the first primary debate? I think it is awesome because Biden also ran from his basement and ultimately won in 2020. It's a winning strategy. Some would call Trump a cowardly baby loser, but not me. Trump should have to defend, should not have to defend his record on vaccines. The greatest human achievement ever. COVID, Georgia uh, and Sweden should lock down. Uh, and all of his poor hires, Kushner, Bolton, Ray, and so many more, because he is our God King. Well, uh, sarcastic and snarky as always. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, do I understand politically why Trump is not on the debate stage? Of course, like yeah. it, it, he has he, he can only lose. He can't really win. So why do it? But to the point of this, uh, to the point of this question, maybe you do it because you respect the vote of the American citizen and you you recognize that even if you have a lead in the polls, you still got to earn it and you yeah, still got to. Yeah. I in a perfect world, I, I think that's uh, that's probably right, that 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 if Trump were to go out there and say something to that effect, like, hey, I know that I have a big lead, but I don't take that for granted. And I want you to know I appreciate that a lot of people are supporting me, but I want them to know why. And I also want to open myself up to criticism so that we can have the clearest possible picture of why I think I deserve your support. But I don't okay. that's yeah. Trump's. No, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't. I, but I do understand why he did this. Totally. There, I, there's no upside. Uh, and I think it's smart. I think that, that him on Tucker Carlson, that's going to get. It's going to get a lot of views. views. Um, crazy views. Yeah, I mean, it'll. I saw the, the teaser and Tucker asked him straight up, do you think Epstein actually killed himself? Among other hard hitting questions. Yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll have to check it out. Thank you. Uh, loyalty to Emperor Trump. Your uh, your commitment is noted and appreciated. Noted and appreciated. Um, all right. Uh, Bonnie. Hi, guys. Quickly, just want to say thank you for answering my questions via email. I live in Scotland, so unless my baby is awake late into the night, I can never watch a show live. And thank you for not calling in because I don't understand the Scottish accent. I just... <laughs> I just don't understand it. It's like you're speaking two people divided by a common language. My question, I was really happy to see Julia from Brave the World post again on YouTube. Her vid on marriage was stellar. Is there anyone else from the old days that's still posting frequently that you would recommend? The only channels I keep up with now are you guys and Brittany Seliner. Oh boy. I was thinking about that today. Like I'm happy that we all kind of lost our steam together because it makes the, the arc of, of somebody's glory days, like less depressing because it's collective. <laughs> okay. So like, I, I kind of feel bad about, or not, I don't, I don't feel as bad about having my heyday in 2017 or whatever, because I'm like, well, it happened to all of us, didn't it? But I do get nostalgic. And uh, some of these people, I still really deeply care about what they have to say. So I still watch Black Pigeon Speaks. I still watch Computing Forever. He's on BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey. And I still watch Morgoth. Um, outside of that, is there really anybody? And I and Brittany Seller. Um, I pop in on Lauren Southern's channel periodically, Lauren Chen periodically. Um, oh, and then my precious, beloved Brittany Venti. She is so funny. Ah, she is such a hot slut. I love her so much. She's a fun follow on Twitter. I've followed her ever since we went on her show. And as I remember, people kind of hated us on her show because like, I thought Corona was bullshit or something at the time <laughs> that aged finally, by the way, by the way, Brittany Venti's audience. Do you know Rolo Tomasi? Do you know who this guy is? No. He's like the, the, the inventor of the red pill, this like manosphere hmm. OG guy. But, um, he got online to talk about how Lawrence, he's been talking about Lawrence Southern a lot and her divorce and everything like that. So Brittany and Lauren are friends and they like planted a story so that he would talk about it, that she Classic. had destiny's child because <laughs> they wanted him to say destiny's child. Hold on. That's hilarious. That's well, played. they sent him like fake paperwork 
for an ultrasound posing as some kind of like anonymous source or something like that yeah and then he went with the whole thing he's like still talking about it and now he's child he's threatening (laughs) litigation and all this stuff anyway so she's just like she's just an excellent you know she got remember when she got banned on um on twitch for making haitian mud cakes and like making fun of how haitians are stupid because she's haitian uh yeah yeah that that rings a bell I, i don't remember the specifics but yeah She's rarely offended, always funny, and a troll of the times. I, I love her. My first encounter with her was when we when she went to the He Will Not Divide Us thing in New York. Remember uh, Shia LaBeouf's thing back in? Oh, she was there. She was on on the, that site. Um, Blonde has I, quadroon I, fever. There's something about a woman with like a, a touch of something in there where I'm like, ah, and Brittany Venti is one of those. She's a uh, hot something, you know, I, I would I would agree with a, a lot of your mentions. The only other mention I would give um, as someone who uh, I admire and and uh, and like to tune into and and like to promote is my friend Frank over at Quite Frankly, because oh, he's quite frankly. I, I view us kind of as like um peers of the craft you know what i mean like he's just he's doing his show and he's got his li- like we exist in kind of this niche world you know and it's like uh you you kind of have to know about it to know about it and it's never like yeah. a, the featured thing that is promoted by the algorithms but he's got an incredible work ethic and he he's always producing his he's got a very loyal audience he's always producing um, he's always got a great attitude and um, I just have a lot of ad- admiration for the work ethic that he puts into his show. And um, I got to ask him how he's so well connected because he, he's able to pull a lot of interesting people to, uh, to come on his show. Also, I should mention um, that's a good time to announce since you're going on vacation in Japan, I'm going to have Frank co-host again on September 24th. So Frank and I will, and I'm going on his, his show before that. So Frank and I'll oh, have Gables. a little bit of a reunion. Uh, and then people can make fun of the fact that Frank is just Italian me and I'm like Nordic him, you know, vice versa. It's like looking into a yeah. a weird mirror of reverse European ethnicities. No, spoon face Matt. He is spoon that's, face That's Matt. right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll be good to catch up with Frank. And uh, I, I, I admire the work he puts into his craft. Um, Ashwin says, how's it going? Congrats on the simultaneous begetting of both of you. That's going to happen soon. Thoughts on uh, Vivek Ramaswamy's candidateship for U.S. presidency. I've not listened to him a ton. I know that he's got some steam going on. Personally, I think it's fair to say I've been a little bit dismissive of like, ah, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think that's really a thing. But, you know, he's 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 depending on the poll that you look at. He's pulling numbers in DeSantis territory now. So I suppose that commands a little bit of seriousness at least as serious as DeSantis is um I liked what I just heard him talking about dismantling pieces of the federal government and focusing on on the nuclear family as the uh as the foundation of society and the the most important governmental unit I just haven't looked enough at all of his policy positions to say yeah agree or disagree I I, I gotta do that I haven't put in the out time. of principle I'm not voting for somebody that isn't white and a short man I'm not doing it what if he has a giant stick to beat criminals with how big is this thing? No, absolutely not. No deal. <laughs> all right. Uh, I thought out of principle you weren't voting at all because you're a woman. Oh, right. I'm not voting, but additionally. Ah. Uh, okay. Mr. N-word. N- short N-word. Dear Blonde, are these two good friends a match? Would you give approval or tell them they're stupid? <laughs> if they ask you for your opinion. 
female, 27, short, overweight, not obese, trying to slim down unsuccessfully, decent income, who cares? With good career projection, I care even less about that. Works on and enjoys improving her home skills. Good. Western, moderate, liberal, Muslim. What? Pro-abortion, LGBTQ, just not for herself and doesn't eat pork, but drinks and whatever. Virgin and views the male as marriage material. Wow. She's got a this short, fat Muslim chick has a lot going on. Okay. Male 30, a bit below average height, athletically gym built, moderate income, wealthy through savings, non-going church, Christian, decently right-wing, probably leans red pill, manister, MGTOW after previous access. I don't know. I, this might be an okay match. I'm worried about the liberal Muslim thing. What the fuck is that about? Like if you're going to, she's a virgin. So maybe it's just stupid woman stuff. See if you can, uh, like, slap this out of her a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's short. She's fat. Shut up, bitch. Take that. Okay. I would say that maybe pursue this. All right. Godspeed. The question was for you, so I will uh, withhold any thoughts. Good day, guys. Oh, wait. Who's the, who sent this? Dangerous Spaces. Oh, I didn't even see his name. He says... I figured it had to be okay. some Australian. Um, I want to bring up something that is really pissing me off about Joe Biden. It seems like in every single effing situation, language, please. He just has to tell some personal anecdote that relates to the topic he's addressing, no matter how flimsy that relation is. Uh, it turns out, it also turns out that many of his stories are partial or complete bullshit anyway. But I think what pisses me off the most is that there are, there are people who say that Biden is quote unquote empathetic. How is any how is somebody empathetic if the only way they can understand how a person feels is if they have gone through something uh, vaguely similar themselves when there are or then there are situations like Joe dealing directly with the families of soldiers who died in Afghanistan or talking to those in Hawaii where he was just made or where he just made it about himself and what he has gone through that has infuriated the people he has been interacting with. Understandably so. My question is, what do you guys think of Joe having to relate every single situation back to himself and his experiences, regardless of um, whether that could be considered in poor taste, insensitive, inappropriate, etc.? I actually I find it baffling personally. Um, well, maybe baffling is the wrong word. Politically, I find it baffling that his speech writers or his handlers aren't would, like, no, it's 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 preposterous every single time. In principle, like even if Joe Biden did have similar experiences, you don't go tell a story about like how you've suffered when the event is about other people suffering. Other people, it's just yeah. you just don't do that because it always comes off as like self-centered or dismissive of their pain or what it's just it's just a bad idea. Add to it the 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 compounding factor that a lot of his stuff is made up bullshit lies anyway. Yeah. So when I say it's baffling as a political matter, I find it baffling in the same way that I, they can't seem to get control of him sniffing the kids or talking about kids or any of that. But it's not to, baffling to stop doing the thing. It's not baffling in so far as I think it is revealing of a self-interested, self-centered nature uh, that this guy is focused on himself all of the time. I think that's the way that he views his presidency and his career in politics is what can I get out of it for me and my family? And I think there's plenty of evidence to that effect. And I'm not even saying like, obviously we're all selfish to a certain degree. We all want to do well for ourselves and do well for our families. The difference is we're not all (laughs) 
taking taxpayer money to do it. And we're not mm-hmm. running shady schemes involving influence peddling around the globe and, and all sorts of money laundering through Ukraine and, and elsewhere. I don't have any problem with the guy who wants to work hard for his family to earn an honest buck to provide for them, whether that's an honest buck or an honest million bucks. Godspeed. More power to you. I, I, if we had more men providing for families in that way, everything would be better. That's the problem, though. Joe Biden doesn't provide for his family through honest bucks. He provides for his family through dishonest, uh, you know, potentially stolen or otherwise deceptively obtained bucks. And I think that this look at this experience that I had is probably just a manifestation of, of something that has to do with that mindset where it's like, well, it's really about me. Like this entire situation is about me. What can I get out of yeah. this? How does it relate to me? I'll do anything to promote myself. That's my guess. Got anything else on that? Nope. Michael Schlecht. That, that one's yours. Oh, about I did have something else. But, uh, I I don't understand how people it's it's psychopathic for people to go through other things and for you not to be able to empathize unless you have a, a similar personal experience. Like you uh, can yeah. ima- like we were talking about earlier. You can imagine the pain of losing a child. You can't feel it as deeply as somebody that's gone through it. But like I can imagine that that would just be the absolute worst, and that gives me empathy. I don't actually have to have had to lose a child. Sure. If somebody, I don't. If somebody had lost a child and you were comforting that person, even if you had lost a child yourself, I'm not sure that it really comforts them for you to say that to be like, oh, I had this situation happen to me. It's like, well, okay, maybe well, we have I think some. That definitely would be a comfort. I, I suppose it, maybe if it's your friend or something, or maybe you can build a relationship on that. But I guess maybe it's just in this politician situation where, you know, that guy's not like Joe Biden is not going to sit there and actually um, offer you comfort. He's not going to actually listen to what you have to say and try to process that shock with you. All he's doing is creating some sort of PR event in which he can appear like he has some knowledge of what you're going through. So. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's different in like a, a true interpersonal circumstance versus like politician making a show at a eulogy or at a response speech to some sort of disaster event like this. Okay. Michael Schleck. At my local health food store, I saw a dozen quality eggs for sale, four fifty nine. Right above it, I saw the same quality eggs on sale for five ninety nine. 459 eggs were plastered with women-owned branding. The 599 eggs were not. Guess who paid a $1.50 more for effectively the same eggs? What other small things like this have been normalized that annoy the crap out of you? Provide a warning flag to avoid engaging in mutual business. Besides the easy one of seeing the eyesore that is the trans flag. Um, I used to really like Dove products. And I will not buy any of them anymore because... All of their models are like fat mystery meat chicks. But I'm like, I, I don't understand. I don't even understand the, the <laughs> marketing here. You yeah. know, I still go to Target, which makes me sad for myself. But like something about like the duck, the dove marketing. I'm like, I'm I can't. You go to Target. It's the same thing, though. You walk through the clothing in there and it's worse for the women. It's not necessarily for the men, but it's like, OK, I get the thing where you guys want like a fatty. 
but why is everyone fat now? Everyone why, fat. why are we doing this for everybody? No, uh, it's funny you mentioned the women-owned thing to be uh, the women-owned thing because my wife and I do that exact same thing. Uh, it's like thank you for this indicator <laughs> that this product is inferior. I think we'll avoid it. Or I, even if it's not an inferior product, I guess I shouldn't say it inherently is. Um, it's just the fact that you think that that stamping woman owned on it is going to make me more likely to buy your product. I'm inclined yeah. to punish. Like I'm inclined to refuse just for that assumption alone. The, the only indicator that I would offer, I'll just take the obvious one. Any business that has a sign like in this house, all are welcome. Science no is like, you know, all that shit where it's like, Oh, I great. You follow federal law. You don't discriminate. <laughs> <that thing. laughs> wow. Uh, what a hero. Uh, congratulations. Um, that that is the only other indicator where it's like, OK, I'm glad to be in. Uh, well, like clearly some sort of moron operates this establishment. But here we go. Yeah. Sleuthing sloth. Hey, guys, my question is for blonde. Do you think it's normal for women to go over the details of their birth experience to see what could have been done differently? I was induced, but uh, had the option of oxy of the oxytocin drip but opted for something else. I keep thinking that if I had gone for the other option, it wouldn't have ended in a C-section. I'm glad my daughter is here safely, and it was the best option for us at the time, but it's the what-ifs that make you think. All the best. Oh, yeah, totally. I was so obsessed with going over my um, medical chart from my birth that I had to like physically give it to my parents. It was before they posted it online. Uh, and... I just could not stop like, well, if I had done this or did this cause this, or was it that teeth cleaning that I got that caused my premature rupture and they gave me, um, side attack. Should I have refused to do that? Should I have like waited? And it was just, it, it was just obsessive. Like you, all you can do is be like, my kid is fine. And I made, I was in a vulnerable position and I made the decisions that I made at that time. And it's kind of irrelevant whether or not they were the right decisions because all they can do is help you in your next birth. But what you're dealing with is totally normal. This is why women love to share birth stories with each other because they want to talk about, they want to make other women not make the same mistakes that they made. Right. Uh, but don't feel guilty. Your kid's here and you did all this work and everything's fine. And if you feel like you did something wrong, then just just do it, do something differently next time. It's okay. You did a good job. You should be proud of yourself. Congratulations to you and your family. Oh, I'm next, aren't I? A redneck. Why does everyone get so butthurt over racial slurs? Is everyone sackless? Also, what is the most derogatory racial slur for white people? Please don't say redneck. I don't know if there is one, but the th- people aren't butthurt over racial slurs. The the victimization uh, through them is a path to power. That's that's why yeah. um, it, it, people are not. You can't show me. I, I'm sorry. I just don't believe that there are whether you're talking black people and the N word or uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Asians and the C word or Jewish people and the K word. Pick your slur. I don't care. I just don't believe that there are people who hear the word and, and they're like, they're, they're hurt in a way that deeply like disables them. (laughs) I mean, like you're, you're wheelchair bound now because you heard a word. I don't, I don't buy that your day is even altered in any way because you heard a word. I think that when 
you can act like a victim because of a word. It enables you to assume a certain role of power and Mm -hmm. tell people how to behave and control what language they can use. And that's what I think. I think the, I think the, the butthurt is just fake in pursuit of power. It's as simple as that. Uh, but what I agree totally. Do you have uh, an anti-white slur? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't have anything. None of it offends me because white people are awesome. So I don't know what to say here. <laughs> List of ethnic slurs. I'm going to browse. Cracker uh, is bad. And none, I don't know. I, I don't. Know I mean, there's so. I don't know. God. I don't. Uh, there's not a word that any non-white person could call me that would similar. Just like I said, I don't believe that these people are actually hurt in a way that damages them because they heard a word. There's not a word that any non-white person could call me to insult my whiteness that would hurt me or damage my day in any way. So yeah. when, when you say word, like I just think of like the funniest ones rather than worst as in like, I would be offended if I heard it. I'm not sure. I assume probably the question is asking like, what's the worst in terms of just how funny it is. Um, anyway, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. There are just, there just aren't a lot of good anti-white slurs now that I think about it. Mm. You don't hear, I don't know. I just, I, maybe I'm missing them. Incompetent hand says blonde mentioned VR and how bread and circuses will continue. I also generally agree with Blonde's statutory stance, but will the new slippery slope be how wrong it is to fantasize about high school girls from back in the day when you're in your 30s? Impure thoughts are wrong. That's a gimme. But do you see the degenerate using this argument to do whatever they want? When VR and AI um, uh, merge, or when they merge rather, to amount, when they merge the amount of men who will submit, are many factors more than the masked and jabbed? Does this ultimately end in a burqa revolt? I'm having trouble following this a little bit, but I gather I it's saying, like, Oh, go ahead. If, if, tell me if your understanding is the same, that the more and more, like the more we create actual e girls, like not internet girls, but AI VR, uh, fictional women mm-hmm. that men and me, men are going to go to that world more and more. And and not to real and go to real. Well, women I think less he's talking less. about people using it as a way to become increasingly degenerate, and I think that's uh, totally going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what sorts of what sort of uh, VR or AI women can you create? I guess would be the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, will that happen? Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt uh, that will probably happen. And and AI and and all of this. Not just that legal question about what sort of content um, may toe the line of legality in terms of sexual content and that sort of stuff. But as we talked about earlier, with the recreation of people's voices or likenesses and and how all that's going to get sorted out legally. This is going to be a legal mess in the next few decades. Yep, totally. But as always, uh, you know, you got to the robots can't replace your purpose on this earth. The robots can't do that for you. The robots can't make a better woman than a real woman. No matter how Unless advanced the real they, women are so terrible. They are pretty terrible. Right? But, but uh, there, there will come a, a flashpoint there. You know, I'll may, uh, I hope not as, as, as many problems as the modern woman has and as many problems as the modern man has. Uh, the solution is to fix those creatures as they are rather than replace them with the robot people. 
Juggernaut the Destroyer. Hello, Nutella Monkeys. Do you guys think electric cars will be our future mode of independent transportation? I know they're really pushing for electric cars, but like, so I was on Vashon Island this week. Um, literally the most liberal place in the entire country. Did you know that? Makes sense. I could believe it. it fucking I, it's just a parade of trannies. Like, I could not even believe how many. Every other person, like, probably. Yeah, yeah. there was like low effort trannies, too. You know, like just a dude dresses a woman, like carrying like a little handbag. I'm like, you're, you're six foot five and I can see your dick. I don't. What do you want here? Like, yeah. Um, where was I going with this? There's a question. Oh, and, and even then, I, I didn't see very many electric cars. They have like three charging stations. I know the technology will improve and blah. blah, blah. Might just be too but, costly, um, too. It, it might just be too costly and too wasteful for it to really um, catch on for in any meaningful and practical way, even for even for leftists. I certainly think the technology will advance such that electric cars will be more capable in terms of their the distance they can go and and all of that and uh, what the batteries are capable of and the cost will probably drop over time. I don't know if it's true though. I've heard I've seen some analysis that says it, we we actually do not have the resources on the planet at least as far as we understand to manufacture enough electric cars to satisfy the current demand of just personal vehicles. That even if we had the manufacturing capacity like the plants to build enough cars to replace every gas car that the the components needed for the batteries or whatever other parts of the electric car we don't have those resources in sufficient volume at least i've heard claims to that effect that's its own problem but maybe we refine electric cars such that they use different resources or they use less of the the resources that they're using i don't don't know. know i don't know i don't see it happening I'm not anti-electric car. I think any technological development is cool. And I, I hope that they, I hope the product becomes as awesome as it possibly can for the lowest possible cost. I just know that the way that's going to get done is not through the government. Not, it's not by paying taxes to the federal government, having them shovel and shovel it into ridiculous companies that aren't accountable to the market. Mm-hmm. So let the, who, whoever figures it out, like if someone completely revolutionizes the vehicle world in the way that Henry Ford did back uh, a century ago, they're going to make a lot of money and they should. And and people should be incentivized through that natural market force to create that product. And if it's going to happen, that's the way it'll happen. I think we're all set on, uh, on email questions. Thank you guys for emailing again, uh, contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. You can send in your question there. Real quick, over on Rumble, we'll catch up with the rest of the chat, so we'll call it a night. Uh, on Rumble, G-I-A-R token spick. Hey, Majakas. I sadly missed the whole stream. I'll listen to it later. Here's my peso. Well, thank you for your peso. It is very Thanks, much buddy. appreciated. Let's see. I left off on Kim on the YouTube and Tippy stream chats. Okay, let's see. So Red, Red Falcor, yeah. Why sh- I was supposed to meet up with Red Falker? I just remembered right now. Sorry, dude. What? Why should murder be a state's issue? Cross the state line accidentally, and you're in the purge. Yeah, it's because yeah. self governance is important. We're a country that is founded on the idea that you have a right to self governance, and that government exists at the consent of the governed. And so, if instead we operate according to one gigantic federal government where it's majority rule. And everybody who disagrees with that is just fucked. You have revoked their consent. And so the states 
what the states are is a mechanism to maximize that consent that is the basis of any legitimate government. And I know that it, that it opens the door for states to be degenerate in any number of ways. That is the trade-off, though. I mean, you think about your relationship with your neighbor. Of course, I want yeah. to encourage good behavior with my neighbor. I want to have a good relationship with my neighbor. Um, but if I start going in and trying to control the day-to-day affairs of my neighbor's house, we're going to have conflict. That's why. Um, now, I would like to say it's a completely absurd scenario that any state was going to legalize murder anyway. Um, but many states already do in the form of abortion. So I True. I recognize that that it does open the door for a lot of bad behavior, but that's really the trade-off. You have to say... If I want maximum control of my life in my state, I need to be willing to let others have control of their lives in their states with a recognition and understanding that that competition is going to incentivize good behavior. And if there really is a purge state, people are going to get the fuck out of there very fast. And that state is going to suffer as they should. And then they'll um, circle the wagons in a safer state and build a wall. Yeah. Snuggle hunky buck. When the guy called Matt a faggot, he was trying to get Matt to transition. He should be impressed. <laughs> Wait, I, I missed a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, we did skip over a few. That's I. I, I don't want to be rude. I'm just. I'm going to say that was a good one, Knuckle hunky buck. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, who did I miss? Fuck. Oil King. Where's GOP list? We need better. We don't have mental epidemic. We are being overworked to death, have bad public schools, uh, fatal drugs that killed people worse than cocaine. That's why we break down. What country are you from? I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. But you're broken English. I, it's not like Asian broken English. Oh, it is a mystery, yeah. What? Where do you think? Well, Oil King. I think he's yeah, he Arab. must be like Saudi. Because it's like it's like a weird cadence. Yeah, gig, gig, gig. I, what does he normally say? Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that whole bit. I, I'm guessing he's uh, who's the guy in Saudi Arabia? It's probably Bin Salman or whatever his name is himself. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Oil King. Nicholas H. Mentally unstable people should not be raising children, even their own, especially that mental illness. Yeah, but what what kind of mental illness? Like, th- I I know that we argue against slippery slope as a concept, but this is a slippery slope. I have OCD and anxiety. Am I not fit to raise my daughters? Yeah. I, I would say, and I understand, like, is there a such thing as a bad parent uh, who abuses a child? Yeah. I think from my perspective, the the brightest line that I can draw is physical abuse. Now, if you want to talk about legal consequences for the physical alteration of a child in pursuit of this gender ideology stuff, yeah, I will mostly listen to that. My preference would be just to deal with that as a matter of medical licensure. Like, if you want to yeah. practice medicine in this state, you're not doing that. There's go. If you grant the premise that there's going to be error here, either that we are going to under-police abusive parents or over-police them, I think you want to err on the side of under-policing because the consequences for splitting up families are so devastating, not just for those families, but by extension, society overall. You want to err on the side of parents, even acknowledging that there are bad parents out there. You You want the worst parent of them all? It's the government. So... Try not to try not to install government as parent wherever possible. I'm not saying uh, you are Nicholas. I'm just explaining my yeah, perspective. Nicholas, on, I, thank, thank you for uh, your support for the show. Not going to give a, the certification. Why did I say it like that? 
certification of the vote is not just ceremonial. You can't certify an illegitimate vote. That's the pure intent within the Constitution. Yeah, and I suppose to give uh, to give as much credit to that understanding as I can. If I understand the people who make this argument, they're not saying that the necessarily that the vice president has the sole authority. It's that he can send votes back to the states to certify themselves, I guess. I need if someone wants to make this case, I, I would like to hear it articulated maybe a little. Maybe I'm just not understanding it thoroughly. If the case. If the case is not that it's the vice president's sole discretion to accept or reject the certified votes of the states, then I, I want some clarification on that. I guess my my the case that I'm making is is it seems to be the case that I hear from from Trump and his people that the the intent of the Constitution is the sole power within the vice president to accept or reject those votes. And I, I don't think that's the intent. Yeah. But maybe there's some more nuance to it that I'm that I don't understand, which I'm certainly open to. I thought it was my daughter. Um, Nagalonga Buck, Matt and I once made love. He claimed it didn't really feel that good, but I don't think he was being honest. Matt, have you always been such a disingenuous fake? Is that what he said to me? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I guess clearly not. I mean, you've been listening. Uh, I guess you've been listening to a disingenuous faggot for so many years. It seems weird that a disingenuous faggot would, would host you on his show to say whatever you want, but okay. Uh, you know, that seems awfully honest, an awfully honest gesture, actually. But uh, oil Kang yeah. on the Reinhardt caller. If the state's parents, teacher, et cetera, tries to remove PP, PB of a boy and call it, how about call that boy a girl 10 years in jail and registered sex offender? Yeah, 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 guy tooted. Okay. Yeah, there's a line just like there is for physical abuse. But if we, if we move it too far, then they will weaponize it against us. Yeah. I, um, and on this topic, like, yeah, the, the physical intervention stuff, I, I, I'm listening. Uh, I'm very wary of this idea that we're going to police ideas or words between parent and child um, and insert the government to be the moral arbiter there and expect good good results. Uh, if yeah. you're crossing the line into, into physical alterations or what we would consider physical abuses, in the same way I'm comfortable with a role for the state in policing a father punching his child in the face because he feels like it, yeah, I'd be comfortable with a role for the state in policing, you know, chopping off your kid's dick or pumping him full of hormones and that kind of stuff. But just talking about those things, you know, I mean, yeah. by the same, like, let's put it this way. Uh, let's say I have a terrible, uh, you know, if you, if you saw the, the texts between my wife and I, as you, <laughs> if anybody, I can if, imagine if anybody's spousal texts were revealed to other people, there's all sorts of horrible jokes that other people would not understand in context. I'm not saying that I've made jokes about punching my son in the face or anything like that. Um, but I am saying frustrations of parenthood have been expressed, you know, and oh, yeah, of course. there are all sorts of things that stripped of their context would sound terrible. And I don't want someone to view my communication with my wife or my son that may sound awful because it's a misunderstood joke or because it's, something that I said in, in the anger of a moment or something like that to be grounds for the state to come in and sever my household, sever my relationship yeah. with my kids. And that is, um, once you, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Once you grant the state that authority, the idea that it's going to be used to police only the bad guys doing the bad stuff. It's not, it's going to be, it's going to break up a lot of homes in a lot of damaging ways. Agreed. 
Tortuga, sorry, watching the GOP debate and circling back here. This so-called debate is like watching a pack of rabid hyenas tear apart a rotting antelope. It's really sad. This is what counts for debate now. I wonder if I should go back and watch it. I'm definitely going to check it out. I don't know if I'll watch all of it tonight because I got to get to bed at a reasonable time. But uh, I'll, I'll check it out uh, when we're finished up here. Esoterica Unbound. On Sunday, my reference to returning from uh, SC Exilement, Super Chat Exile, not South oh. Carolina Exile. I thought you went to South Carolina. Sorry. Often my interactions with you kids make me wonder who really is the boomer here. Well, that yeah, is I mean, legitimate. I understand that I am uh, I am descending into boomerism. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but when I see SC, that's where my mind goes. Super South Carolina, you know. But note it. Thank you for clarifying. Appreciate it. All right, I think and of course, it. thank you for supporting the show. And thank you to all of our chatters for supporting the show. It looks like we're all set. We're good on Rumble. We're good on DLive. We're good on Odyssey, which means we can call it a stream. Uh, thank you guys for calling in tonight and for uh, all of your chats, your super chats, your email questions, all of your contributions to the show. They are all greatly appreciated. Of course, if you missed any part of the show, uh, the audio does get posted to the podcast platform shortly after we're finished here. So head on over to the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash podcasts. You can find it there. Uh, and uh, you can find anything else show related over on the website as well, mattchristiansandmedia.com. If that's too many letters, Matt is dot gay, of course. Uh, we will be back on Sunday and uh, have a have a great week uh, until then. Okay. Okay.